0: Thank you. another edition of 99 questions i am your host bob buell this is of course an oddly numbered interview show where we ask all sorts of interesting people interesting questions joined with me today is game Informer Zone, joe danger juba joe how are <laughs> you today sir hello i'm doing great <laughs> wonderful wonderful even thank better you so after much. that intro oh i i'd really try to you know start off strong and get really nice and disappointing by the end if possible <laughs> hey that's my
1: method too i like it
0: yeah line just a straight 90 degree line 45 <laughs> i'm no more <laughs> yeah that sounds about right <laughs> uh but joe thank you so much for uh being here today i uh, much appreciate it but uh before we roll into the questions, what would the questions be without some ground rules or terms and conditions, as one person suggested, and I'm going to take that suggestion. Uh, ground rule number one, take as much time or as little time as you need to answer the questions. If a yes or no suffice, give me a yes or no. If a short story about your life helps us get a better understanding, I want to hear that short story.
1: I'm going to warn you right now, it's probably not going to be a quick yes or no.
0: Perfect. <laughs> Jeffrey James, we're coming for that record. Four <laughs> hours, baby, but
1: more boring.
0: <laughs> That's what people are demanding from their podcasts in 2021: <laughs> more content, less action. <laughs> uh, ground rule or term? number two. See, that's why this is still not working. Right, right. Uh, rule number two. Uh, dis- uh, there's nothing crazy in here. There's nothing controversial, but if you want to pass for whatever reason over a question, we can pass. No judgment. Uh, and ground rule number three, despite the name of the show being 99 questions, there might be a follow-up. There might be an extra one I pepper in there on the fly. Uh, some of these are uh, just overtly not questions, uh, st- uh, boldly effacing the English language in many a ways. <laughs> Uh, but uh, we're just going to ignore that. Uh, so, uh, non-question number one. Joe, are you ready? Oh, I'm
1: ready. Let's awesome. do it.
0: All right. We start off with the hardball here. Question one. What's the perfect breakfast? The
1: perfect breakfast. I think... Oh, that's a, I think that the perfect breakfast has to be a very iconic breakfast something that you look at and you're like that is breakfast <laughs> so in my, in my mind the image that comes to mind for that is just like a cartoonishly large stack of pancakes Ooh. with maybe like some bacon on the side and a cup of black coffee next to it
0: now i'm, I'm gonna ask this for the cartoonish fact a single pat of butter on top of that stack of pancakes with, with like perfectly brown maple syrup dripping off the side. You get it. Okay. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Something that... that Heathcliff would eat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Gotcha. Like
1: there's no way anyone is looking at that and thinking anything other than, Oh, that's a breakfast.
0: Yeah. yeah. I like it. That sounds pretty perfect to me. Uh, question number two who's the coolest dude the coolest dude i think so
1: this is maybe a little bit of uh recency bias for me because i have been uh playing through the yakuza games we're getting straight into the video game stuff here by the way perfect a breakfast question and then we're just in (laughs) uh but i've been playing the the yakuza games lately and and uh Specifically the older ones. Like I I Ooh. beat um I beat Like a Dragon over the holiday break. So I've been going through like Yakuza Zero and now I'm playing Kiwami. The bottom line is that the hero of that original series, Kazuma Kiryu, is just like I think he is straight up the coolest dude. Wow. He can pull okay. He pulls off a pop collar for one. It's tough to do. He's also got that sort of like unflappable in the face of danger attitude, mm-hmm. but also he's sort of got the badassery to back it up when things go south, right? Like if someone actually starts a fight, you know who's winning that fight. Every time you know who's winning.
0: Yeah. I like yeah. this. Kiryu. dude. Stamp it. Bob you'll stamp of approval right there.
1: Make sure everyone else following me on this show now, like in subsequent episodes, also answers that. It is the correct answer.
0: I bully them into answering. (laughs) Hear you? Well, my mom was pretty no, 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 no. (laughs) I don't think so.
1: Keanu Reeves, maybe, but have you played Yakuza? (laughs)
0: Let me give you a series of eight 80-hour RPGs. (laughs) (laughs) then get back to me yeah uh uh, let's see question three steak chicken or fish
1: well let's see i just don't eat fish i don't eat seafood at all so that one's an easy out for me okay i think i have to go with chicken there even though for me steak is probably the more preferred like that's my preferred special occasion meal. You know, it's like, hey, yeah. it's it's my birthday. I want to go out and get a nice steak somewhere. Yeah, Chicken is really just the like, it's so much more versatile. I think you can do so much with that. I'm going to go with chicken.
0: I, I mean, it's hard to deny. You can do literally anything to it and it will <laughs> taste completely different and delicious. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Or unless you blow it, but then,
0: you know. Even still, then you could just order some chicken nuggets or something, and it <laughs> be pretty good. Set, I think. Exactly. Uh, question four: Best gift you've ever gotten? Hmm. I think back to like
1: when I was younger and getting about. Like, it was always great to get video game stuff, right? Like consoles and games and stuff like that. Oh, but yeah. like that feels like. Like what, once you grow older and you have a little bit of disposable income and you can just sort of buy those things for yourself, they kind of feel like the the definition of what a good gift really changes. You oh, know, yeah. like it it stops being the thing that's really expensive that you can't afford for yourself and starts to be something that's maybe a little more like thoughtful. So I'm going to... Twist the question a little bit and, oh, and really answer what the most thoughtful gift is, I think. Because okay. More than me, fair. That, that was uh, uh, when I got married, instead of a traditional guest book where everyone just sort of like signs in and like, yeah, I was here.
2: Yeah. Uh,
1: what we had instead was just a bunch of like little thin. Uh, pieces of fabric and like markers to write on them so everyone basically came in and wrote uh like a book spine as their entry on the on the in the guest book yeah and then my mother-in-law sewed them all together and it's just this fantastic quilt that's So, so cool so we have this it's like it's it's down in our in our uh family room if anyone, if anyone watches the video version of the Game Informer show, if you've ever seen me on it, you've probably seen, like, the very edge of this quilt in some uh, of the yeah, shots. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's uh, – so it's, like, a guest book is a thing that you can just sort of – like, it's nice to page through, but you sort of put it on the shelf and then it's done. But this is just this – it's just really nice to have down in our in our family room this sort of just, like <laughs> – Monument is maybe a little uh, grandiose, (laughs) but you know, it's, it's, it's like, like this, this ever present reminder of just like all of our friends and family who, especially, you know, like times like this, when we're not seeing them very much, it's still nice to sort of uh, have a presence like that around and just sort of immortalized in
0: this big, heavy quilt. That's genius. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, it's wonderful. I might steal that idea if I could ever leave the house again. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, question number five, best gift you've ever given.
1: Oh, that's harder. Cause that's a lot. That's a lot of tooting your own horn there. Like I'm a real good gift giver. Listen to this. Certainly is. Uh, <laughs>
0: this is a pat your back, uh pat yourself on the back type question.
1: Okay. So I think, I think one of the best gifts I've ever given is, uh, even though it was sort of a group effort also is, so my, uh, my coworker, Matt Miller, who is the magazine content director at Game Informer, is uh, he's, I've been playing D&D with him for almost 20 years now. Like he Whoa. and I went to college together and, and that. So it's like, been doing D&D for, together for a long time. And there was, uh, there was a time several years ago when he had sort of made his own campaign setting which is wow. just a phenomenal undertaking. If, if any, anyone who plays D&D knows, like pretty much whenever you're playing D&D, you are in a campaign setting that someone has made for you, more or less, right? It's like a fantasy world. They decide what the races are in it and, and you know what the towns are, what the map looks like, yeah. what the politics are. All of that stuff is sort of pre-built and then the players sort of are put into those worlds. So Matt Miller just like built from scratch this campaign world with its own races and rules and all of this stuff. Anyway, it was a lot of fun. Uh, Some friends and I played this campaign with him for I think two or three years. So then at the very end of it, I got together, uh, pulled some money together with my friends and we commissioned the artist Xander Cannon who, you may know he's the he's the uh, mind behind kaiju max which is a comic graphic novel about (laughs) about like kaiju monsters like godzilla in in prison Ah, but it goes big anyway you may also (laughs) if you're if 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 you follow us on Game Informer, you may also know that he's the artist who, for the last decade plus,
0: has been doing our covers for Game Infarcer. Uh I knew I recognized the name somewhere. Okay, yes. <laughs> so
1: the bottom line is, uh, I commissioned him to sort of do a uh, a piece that is all of our characters from this campaign in sort of you know, like real cool, dramatic poses and all that. So it, he drew that up for us, and you know got it. He more than drew. I mean, he colored it and all that stuff. And then uh I got it framed and gave it to Matt Miller to sort of commemorate the end of this campaign that he designed. That was
0: this grand undertaking. So that is, it's an incredibly great gift. But the real taking point from that is Matt Miller created a whole world in D and D. That is yeah, crazy impressive. Because I I I've played every I play every Sunday with a group of friends for like i don't know four or five years at this point something like that yeah uh and i was like okay i'll dm like a, a little short like not a one shot but like uh all right let's go like a year for this one
1: mm-hmm. and
0: then after about six months i was like because i i did the same thing i was like i'm gonna make an island and i'm gonna make the politics of this <laughs> island and it's gonna be like a goblin mafia is running the whole thing and it's gonna be really cool i want like you know, I I wanted to be like a Scorsese movie, but with D and D characters. And then after like six months, I'm like, this is exhausting, you guys.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's t- being a DM is is no joke. Yeah, like for every like, I had no idea until I tried it myself that how much extra work the DM puts in. Like the players just show up and have fun, and the yeah. and the DM at least. I am I am maybe a little too meticulous in my planning. It's probably, that's probably on me too, but.
0: Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think after six months, I, I told him like, I'm sorry, this is too much of a time commitment. And then the next week I said, we flash forward to the final boss that I had planned. <laughs> everyone gets that encounter. And then I just like retconned in, a speedboat shows up. Everyone jumps in, we escape the island and you're all fine. <laughs> just to give it some sort of a happy ending. I like it. Well worth it. Uh question 6 what did you want to do for a living when you were a kid Oh
1: When I was very young my mom tells me that I wanted to be a piano player and a baker
0: <laughs> That classic uh, combination The
1: classic combo which is especially funny considering well we I I have so little musical talent and aptitude that the idea, like, I don't know what I like. I don't know what the draw was for me. It's like just maybe I liked how piano playing looked. I had no connection to it. it looks pretty snazzy, to be fair. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. But and but I think you know when I when I actually got to an age where I could start to imagine what a life and a career actually looks like, um, I wanted to be a teacher. I was going to be an English teacher.
0: Oh oh very cool
1: yeah i even went so far like that's what I, I went to school for it i got licensed to teach here in minnesota oh wow did student teaching and everything and then it just didn't happen
0: just swept away by the magic of video games or <laughs> something of the sort
1: <laughs> something like that
0: uh question seven what's the largest animal you can beat in a fight oh no <laughs>
1: like this is a serious this is like a serious phobia of mine sort of the idea the idea of like like animals that i realistically shouldn't be afraid of are still kind of like the idea of them attacking me still sort of freaks me out a little bit
0: yeah okay
1: like i don't know like i think of like okay like a couple months ago i saw just like a possum in my backyard and was like, I am not even going out there. I don't want that possum to charge me. And a possum's like, how big can that thing be? Like 20, 30 pounds, probably?
0: If that. I, I think 20 if it's like really on the plump side, you know? Yeah, yeah. So
1: yeah, I don't know. And I I'm not I'm also not confident that I'm even strong enough to fight those things correctly. I think the like the only the the only animal I could fight. Where victory would just be totally assured
0: would be myself. So, like that's <laughs> so a, a, a possum pretending to be yourself or yourself a clone of yourself pretending to be a possum. Perhaps. Oh, I'm I'm
1: <laughs> thinking more like Fight Club style, like I'm just beating up myself, what? not even a clone. <laughs> but because like that, that's the only that's the only animal. Of a, you know, non-bug-like size that I'm pretty sure, pretty confident I could win against.
0: Okay, yeah, I, it, I like it. I like <laughs> it. And now I can't wait to see all the photoshops of that scene from Fight Club, but with Joe Chub face on. It. <laughs> Get to work, Internet. You know what to do. <laughs> oh, I think the, even the Internet has better things to do than that. I heard a collective "all pass." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, probably for the best. Uh, question eight. Who's someone you look up to? Hmm.
1: I suppose lots of people say they're folks, right? Like their parents?
0: Yeah, fair bit. Because mm, that's true,
1: but well, okay, so like I, I was talking about Matt Miller before. <clears throat> that's actually, he, he's a great example. Like He's someone. Matt Miller is someone that I absolutely look up to. I've, like, I've worked alongside him for, for 17 years now, and it's interesting because our our careers have been very parallel at Game Informer, like pretty much the same, but almost always just a little different. So I I look at him and the stuff he does and see a lot of myself, but I also just really admire the way. Um, the way he's able to approach situations and people by leading with like kindness and diplomacy mm. and consideration, which isn't to say like, I don't think I'm some, you know, <laughs> some jerk who just goes barreling it in and pushing people over <laughs> or whatever. But I, I know that I, that I have a tendency to be maybe a little more, blunt or direct than i intend sometimes and okay. uh i i really look up to yeah to to matt and his ability to um you know ab- approach situations in way that in, in ways that make people feel good even if the things you're talking about aren't necessarily like feel good things
0: yeah that is a tremendous uh skill truly and yeah i could totally see that Uh question nine, what's the first album you bought with your own money?
1: Okay, so I have two.
0: Oh.
1: Because I do not I realistically just cannot remember which one of these I bought first. They were in the same transaction. Oh, okay. (laughs) We're getting very
0: granular. I like it. (laughs) Which one the cashier scanned? Yeah, I
1: can't answer that. (laughs) I can't I'm sorry. I know it's a big disappointment to everyone, but I just cannot
0: be that specific. I'm looking at the analytics right now and the numbers are <laughs> dropping. <laughs> dropping, sir. <laughs> but the two that I the two albums that
1: I bought with my own money were right. I had basically just gotten a CD player for Christmas. And I went out and bought God Shuffled His Feet by the Crash Test Dummies. Okay. That's the one that has that. Mm -hmm. song that ever that
0: i was gonna say the one crash test dummy song (laughs) that i know
1: (laughs) the one song that pretty much anyone knows yeah yeah and uh the other album was flood by they might be giants
0: oh okay and i
1: basically only owned those two cds for quite some time and listened to them just front to back one after the other a lot
0: pretty much all you need you know you got, <laughs> who you needs gotta... more than two cds it's extravagant <laughs> just one in each hand going this day's <laughs> gonna be pretty good i'm thinking <laughs> <laughs> uh question number 10 what's your go-to karaoke song oh
1: so like the, uh, hmm this goes back to what i was saying before about like musical aptitude ah. uh uh I've only done karaoke a couple times in my life. I don't have a go-to song for it because like, I re okay. So like, I know that people say things like, Oh, I'm no good at singing. Oh, I don't have any rhythm. And it's this sort of like modesty or deflection to get some, Oh no, come on, get out there and dance. Oh no, come on, (laughs) sing us a song. And like, I cannot emphasize enough that like, I really, like, there's a part of my brain missing. There is something neurologically weird about the fact that I, about my just total lack of uh, uh, like like musical understanding.
0: So, all that being said, it's all that Tarzan said. Boy by Baltimore. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think, so like, the, the, one, the one karaoke story I have is oh. that uh, there was there was a time a few years ago when I went to Tokyo with uh, Ben Hansen and Kim Wallace nice. and we went and did karaoke with some folks on the Final Fantasy 15 development team. Oh, very cool. And when it came time for me to pick a song, knowing that my problems in this area, I was like, I need to find something that is very talky. Like what's the, mm. what's the song that I could sing that really requires the least singing? It's just mainly talking. So I looked for Devil Went Down to Georgia and that was not in the Japanese song catalog.
0: <laughs> weird, what a weird
1: thing. <laughs> but what was in the Japanese song catalog was Istanbul, not Constantinople, by the Mighty Giants.
0: Oh. Yeah, so, you can kind of sing talk your way through it. Uh
1: yeah, you sort of the thing the thing that I remember the most about this wasn't even the perform it wasn't even like doing the song as much as just like as uh, Ben Hansen's incredulity that when given the opportunity to choose a song to sing, that is the one I would choose <laughs> in that particular situation. Like he was just baffled and I think borderline angry
0: about it. It sounds like something Anson would be angry at. <laughs> yeah. But I think the the logic holds up there, though. There, there's, you know, there's a line of, of reasoning in, in the decision making there. It's, uh... I, I do my best.
1: <laughs> do my best with what I got. Okay. I mean, you can listen to, there was, uh, I forget what year it was exactly, but for, for one of the Extra Life uh, live streams, Oh, we put together right. like a musical and I, I sang a song in there because it's for the kids and it was, it was like, ridiculous yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so like if you want to, if you can look that up if you don't believe me when I tell you that I cannot
0: legitimately do anything with music and the audio clip will be edited in <laughs> here <laughs> I got
1: gay. They're satisfying But they're hard to score Yet the best ones we're analyzing They're worth recognizing You launch the switch It's Hyrule again Hyrule again But no open world is quite like you
2: I know I'm great But am I worth it My weapons break to frustrate you.
1: You're the 10 that I want. Numbers. You're the 10 that I want.
0: Perfect. <laughs> oh, boy. You, if you give me the softballs, I got to knock them out of the park. <laughs> you know, it's, it's I don't want to do it. It's just, <laughs> I understand. Uh, question 11 What's the last song that you listen to? Let me look. See, this is why this question needs to be sponsored by Spotify. They need to just pay me, like, just give me, like, lunch money. Give me, like, 20 bucks or something. (laughs) I'll take it. Okay, it
1: is Cutting Stone by the Decemberists.
0: Oh, I know a little bit of the Decemberists. They keep showing up. Algorithms keep saying they're really good for me, and I'm slowly finding out they are. They are a uh, boy, so like they're they're a very sort of
1: theatrical band. Not necessarily like not necessarily in terms of their performance. You don't need to see them live to get that sense of it. But it's yeah. like definitely feels like a, if a bunch of theater kids started a band. Oh yeah, uh, which I mean that in all of the best end. Well, mainly in the best ways because, <laughs> uh, like they they do a lot of story songs.
2: Yeah, and
1: as. You know, as, as someone who doesn't necessarily listen to music for the music part of it, for me, like I, I, really tend to appreciate bands that go all in on
0: the sort of narrative aspect of it, and that's that's the Decemberists. Oh, very nice, very nice. Uh, and also Spotify. Come on, man. Yeah, what's <laughs> up, Spotify? Do it. Jeez, these guys. Maybe twenty I bucks. I can... Just some. I'll put my Venmo in the description or something. <laughs> Uh, question 12, what's a band or musical artist you want to hear more from? That would be probably
1: the civil wars, which is a sort of another very narrative sort of band. They do, they, they did this sort of folksy song. It's a man, man and a woman duo, but they really only, they only put out like two albums They had a song in the Hunger Games soundtrack. That's maybe how most people heard them. Interesting. Uh, But yeah, they only did like two albums and then they broke up. But I really like their style and I wish that they would keep doing more albums like the two they made. I want many more of
0: those. Very nice. Uh, Question 13. What song brings the most emotion out of you?
1: Most emotion. So not necessarily like it doesn't have to be sad.
0: No, I, I left it purposefully vague. Gotcha. <laughs> I think because I think the go to is just like, yeah, I got dumped while I listened to, you know, Tarzan Boy by Baltimore. <laughs> I, I <can't. laughs> You've got to sing with that song, man. <laughs> it's a good song. It's a good tune. <laughs> that guy can, can really go. Um, but yeah, I, I left it, uh, you know, purposefully vague. Gotcha. I
1: I think my answer to that would be uh, so. A, a, another band I really like is the Mountain Goats.
0: Oh yeah, and really- okay,
1: another very narrative sort of band, and uh, they have one song that I it's called No Children that I really like on the album, but when I saw when I went to when I started going to see them live when they'd come come into town. I realized that this is a common like encore song for them. And it really takes on a different feeling when, when you hear it uh, like surrounded by other people in this sort of venue hearing it live because the song is actually like, it, it's, not a, it's not a happy song. It's this weird mixture. It's got a very sort of like upbeat sort of jubilant feel to it but it's about this disintegrating relationship Mm. and a lot of just a lot of the sort of bitterness that happens. that happens, but it's all like one of the refrains or chorus or whatever the word is for it is uh, just like, I hope you die. I hope we both die. (laughs) Wow. But also sung in a very like joyful way. Um, so it's, it's just this weird, weird intersection of the different like conflicting thematic parts in the song itself. But then to be in the middle of a, of a crowd where everyone is sort of like swaying and singing and what they're, what they're, the part of the song that they're just yelling out loud is, I hope you die, I hope we both die. Wow. Uh, is a very strange like sort of emotional swell for me.
0: I can't imagine. Yeah, I do love those songs that, like, after you've seen them live, take on a whole different part of your brain. Like they, they a whole different connotation now.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, it, it it transforms it in a, in a real weird way. Especially yeah. like for me too. Like I don't I don't even typically like going to concerts. Like Mo- the Mountain Goats is one of the few bands that I will go see when they come into town. And now and I kind of regret not doing that more. <laughs>
0: Well, uh, now. Yeah. Well, yeah. Certainly. Anyway. Yeah, I hear you there. Uh, question 14, what's your favorite music video? Hmm.
1: So, I I don't particularly I'm not a particular fan of this band or even the song. I do like the song. I hate it, them. I hate their music, but <laughs> so <laughs> There's a, there's a band called Hot Chip that has a music video called uh, for a song called I Feel Better. And the whole premise of it is like Hot Chip, the band, they're just a bunch of nerdy dudes. But for the video the band that's up on stage singing is like a fake boy band, right? So a bunch of just like mm. young, young, sexy buff dudes wearing tight shirts. Yeah. So the whole, the whole premise of the video is that they're just these, this like this boy band singing and dancing on stage and a bunch of uh, like teenage girls in the audience, just like screaming their adoration for the band as the song is playing. And then from the back of the uh like the 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 floor the, from the back of the venue comes in this lanky bald person wearing just like a white hospital robe okay and this person then sort of gently floats through the crowd and up on stage where the members of the boy band start trying to have dance battles with him but one one at a time and then for to win each dance battle, the lanky pale figure just shoots a mouth laser at them and destroys them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then everyone in the crowd gets on the same wavelength and then they all dance. And then another weird experiment guy comes through and kills everyone with eye lasers. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it's a very approachable good video for everyone. <laughs>
0: I love it. Hot chip, eh? (laughs) Uh, Hot chip.
1: I feel better. Look it up. It's good.
0: I can't wait. (laughs) Uh, Question 15. You got a million dollars, but you have to donate it all to charity. What charity is it going to?
1: I think I would donate it to uh, there's a charity called World Central Kitchen that was started by the chef Jose Andres that before the whole pandemic set in, that was actually one of the, it feels like one of the last things my wife and I did before we sort of had to go into quarantine it was like we went to go see a, a presentation that he put on and it's just, oh. it's, it's, it's a really interesting charity that um, it's an organization or maybe a nonprofit organization, I don't know the right word for it, but you go like they go to disaster sites and cook. It's so like after the hurricane in Puerto Rico in was that twenty seventeen? Yeah. They went, they went to, they sort of mobilized and organized and went to Puerto Rico because, like, one of the biggest problems in the wake of a disaster is just the immediate need for people to eat. Yeah, and that's that's the problem that this that that charity tries to solve or address. Uh, so, yeah, I but I guess. I also feel weird giving all of a million, like putting it all in one place. Too, I think I'd probably give half to to World Central Kitchen, and let's give half to uh, uh,
0: the ACLU. I think that's a pretty decent way to go. Yeah. Uh, Question sixteen: Favorite holiday? I made up a holiday. Oh, I think I know where this is going.
1: (laughs) And I legitimately. This is legitimately the. I get more excited for this holiday than Christmas,
0: Thanksgiving, Easter. This was, yep, this was going to be for the record between question 50 and 51. I ask you a specific question. This Uh is going to be it. I can't wait. Please go on. I love this. Okay. Well, so I I know this is what this is. uh, You absolutely do.
1: If you think you do, you do. If you followed (laughs) me on Twitter or anything for any amount of time, I've you've probably heard me talk about Colombo. Yeah. Which is the you know the TV detective from the, the 70s, well, and more, but uh so what happened was one year I looked at the calendar on my phone and saw Columbus Day, but misread it as Columbo's Day. And I was sort of like standing in the kitchen lamenting. I was like, oh, I read Columbus Day as Columbo's Day. And for a second, I got real excited because I thought that was a, could be an actual <laughs> holiday. And my wife just looked at me, God bless her, and said, Well, that, that could be a holiday. You can make
0: that happen. Dramatic close-up of your eyes widening as she said. And I realized,
1: it. yes, I am an adult and I can make that party happen if I want to. So for the last seven years now on the weekend of Columbus day, I have held a Columbo's day party where I have some friends over to my house. I order a cake that is designed to look like different aspects of the Columbo episodes that we're watching. So, you know, there's one where someone drowns in a pool. So I had a cake done of like a guy drowning in a pool. Uh, So, And then I get like little party favors for it. I get little like buttons and uh, like, there's one, there's one about where like the big flourish at the end of the episode, the big gotcha moment is Columbo's like, I'm wearing gloves. My fingerprints can't be on that thing. So then I got everyone just like, I like, you really learn a lot when you're planning for Columbo's day, you learn a lot about what you can order in bulk. (laughs) For various party favor purposes, because I've yeah. ordered like ice cream man hats. I've ordered cheap sunglasses. I've ordered these gray gloves that I was talking like nice. as just sort of mementos of Columbo's Day. So every every year there is no holiday that I, A, look forward to more or B, spend more money on <laughs> than Columbo's Day.
0: I adore that answer all
1: yeah. the Even this year, even though I couldn't have it in person, I actually uh, got together a bunch of, like I bought a bunch of cardboard boxes. I loaded some episodes of Columbo up onto USB drives, and I like mailed Columbo's day out to the people who would normally attend.
0: You're like a Pied Piper of
1: Columbo. I told you, man, I get into it (laughs) in a disturbing way.
0: I love this so much. Yeah. (sighs) I was... (sighs) amazing I'm, sorry to go speech. off on that i know that everyone always says that columbus day is their favorite holiday i don't know oh, it's, it's redundant I know. the old standby answer everyone <laughs> loves columbus day <laughs> when is enough enough uh question 17 what's your go-to drink when you walk into a coffee shop uh, an
1: americano with an extra shot of espresso
0: mm, get that caffeine rolling i like yeah. it yeah uh 18 spell the word gray
1: is this a no it's not a trick question g-r-a-y but that's because i'm in america and not the uk where you would spell it e-y
0: interesting interesting i think that's the rule for it you can fact check me on that one i i I say I'm gonna look it up every episode, never once.
1: <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure that it's the, the British English version is G-R-E-Y. And American English is A Y.
0: That would vaguely make sense. But once like, again, oh, I'm Earl not Gray not fact tea? check this. Okay, y'all know <laughs> it, it
1: takes all the fun out of it.
0: Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, I think that would make sense. But who knows? Uh, 19. What is your prized possession?
1: Can I give another Columbo answer, please? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Cause like there's uh, there's an episode of Columbo called murder, a self portrait, which is one of the not great eighties episodes of Columbo. Okay. But one of the things that is great about it is that the killer is an artist. So through the course of this episode, as he and Lieutenant Columbo are kind of sizing each other up, he has Columbo sit for a portrait.
2: Hmm.
1: That uh, that he paints. So, it was uh, the actor obviously didn't actually paint the portrait. The guy who was the head of um, like Universal's scenic arts department was the was the painter who did it. He's a guy named Yaroslav Geber It's
0: a great name.
1: Or Gebra. It might be Gebra. Yaroslav Gebra. Anyway, the point <laughs> being, he painted just this fabulous portrait of Peter Falk as Columbo and a few years ago the Gebra estate put prints like limited edition prints of that painting so not the original painting but they made like 40 prints of them like signed and numbered by the artist up for sale and I grabbed one of them so now I have here in this room I am sitting in now looking at right now as I'm talking to you, I'm looking at a framed portrait of Peter Falk
0: as Columbo. (laughs) That is amazing. Uh, Yeah, yeah, that totally checks out in every aspect of the word. (laughs) Uh, I guess that or my wedding ring. Well, (laughs) (laughs) Well, only one of them has Peter Falk's face on it, so... Well, you'd think... (laughs) But not let me tell I got that commission work done. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Uh I'd like to think that if I looked it up today, there's still like 37 available or something. So it's oh, like... I think I think they're gone. I'm pretty okay. sure they're gone. I yeah, uh, I believe it. <laughs> uh question 20. Are you competitive? No. Okay. No. Not at all. Definitive. No, yeah. it's not. It's just not, yeah. Yeah. Never
1: really been a thing for me.
0: Uh, Question 21. Do you consider golf a sport?
1: Yeah. Yes. Who says no to that?
0: Well, I, I, I personally would say it is a very skillful hobby. (laughs) Oh, this is a a bias court. You're trying to insert this in here. Correct. (sighs) This is my anti-golf agenda (laughs) secretly (laughs) bubbling to the surface. I'm not playing along with this, Bob. I I, I stand by that it takes a ton of skill and people way more talented than I do participate in it. Uh, But to have a sport, I think all you need is defense. And the course itself does not count. Otherwise life would be a sport
1: <laughs> oh this is tricky though because then you, now you're saying like like what about something like um figure
0: skating or gymnastics are those not sports there is a scoring system there but i would still say i would still say skilled hobby <laughs> Oof. nope <Yep>. i disagree <laughs> more than fair more than fair <laughs> Uh, question 22 have you ever played any sports? No, absolutely not. <laughs> I mean under under duress when I was like
1: when I've been forced to play sports, I have played sports.
0: yeah, yeah. I've
1: not willfully yeah. engaged in sports on a regular basis uh, uh, 23
0: favorite sport to watch No sports. This is the sports block. I think this will move along pretty quickly. Uh, <laughs> question 24 theme parks
1: oh yeah i have really fun memories of when i was younger i could really go to theme parks and like ride roller coasters all day long the last time i tried as you get older your body just generally holds up a poorer under those circumstances so like yeah i the last time i went to a theme park and went on a few roller coasters i was really feeling it for the next couple days um but it's still fun so oh, yeah, yeah theme parks yes
0: i remember the moment i got old quote unquote was like late 20s and i you know those roller coasters where like your feet are dangling like you're all strapped in up here and oh, you yeah, dangle yeah. off the bottom and i got off of that and i just said like everyone was like oh how cool and oh this flips and spins and i was like my knees hurt <laughs> <And> i was <laughs> yep. like I'm an old man now. Just let me retire in peace.
1: Yeah. My other problem is I wear glasses and not contacts, so I'm constantly afraid that my glasses are going to fly off my face because once they did and they landed they like because of the I know this sounds totally ridiculous, but I promise you this is true. Okay. That because of the way the arc of the specific roller coaster this is at Valley Fair here in uh, in Shakopee, Minnesota that because of the arc of the roller coaster the glasses flew off my face were like gone beyond my reach but because of their trajectory and the roller coaster's trajectory they landed back in my lap like 2 <laughs> seconds later i was
0: hoping they would go directly back into your face <laughs> <laughs> like hooked behind the ear at all just like <laughs> uh, yeah
1: yeah wow Not quite that good, but still, it is still a moment in my life that I look at and I'm like, that did not happen,
0: right? Yeah, that seems at the very least unlikely, but incredible. Uh, Question uh, 25, dubbed the Ron Bennington after famous radio personality. You're standing in a wrestling ring and a wave of nine-year-olds, a random mix of boys and girls are coming down to the ring to fight you. How many of those nine-year-olds could you beat in a fight? Oh, I tell
1: you, Bob, my, my, my instinct is to ask so many questions about
0: this before actually giving an answer. Mm-hmm. more than, I've answered a lot of them.
1: <laughs> okay. so it's an infinite number of them coming at me just in one big crush. <laughs> like well, it, in, from a circle
0: it's basically X number of them approach the ring and you believe you're going to lose if there's X plus one. So what's that number that you could still probably beat when they come down in one solemn wave, how they enter the ring is up to them, you know? So most likely in a circle just to maximize coverage. But (laughs) at that point, you know, it's up to the nine-year-old children algorithm or however they operate.
1: Yeah. Boy. So, I, 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 if I'm actually doing a straight up fight, I think I can maybe do one or two. Okay, realistically, I mean, nine year olds are not as small as you think, probably.
0: True. True. And
1: though I also feel like I want to, like, okay, here's another question: Do they have a leader?
0: I would say if a de facto one, like, is created amongst the group, yeah. then yes, but otherwise, no. They are a, a lawless band of nine-year-olds who roam from town to town with this exact question in mind.
1: Okay, see, that's another important point, though, because if these are just, like, nine-year-olds from the local elementary school, they probably have a lot more compassion than if they're, like, a roving band of misfit nine-year-olds who, yes. are, like, you know, Mad Max style
0: that's exactly it picture the road warrior but with nine-year-olds oh god yeah (laughs) two i can do two okay
1: if they had a leader i would try and take out the leader first or if they were kind nine-year-olds i would like threaten one and have them like surrender or i would you know twist this little nine-year-old's neck this is the kind of thing where matt miller would be a much nicer man about it than me
0: i, I feel like this is why you look up to him he, yeah he wouldn't talk
1: about snapping the necks of nine-year-olds
0: uh, this is my favorite question because there's always a quote in here that is just like out of context we'll get anyone horribly canceled and fired from everything but in context it's, it's perfectly fine of course it's Hypothetical. Okay. yeah yeah okay i'll
1: stick with that two or
0: three or one like or two, it. whatever I say. <laughs> two if a leader is involved. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 26, what's a game you know you can win? Oh. Well, let's see. I don't play
1: a lot of competitive sports, which we've covered. I don't play a lot of multiplayer games. Ooh. Uh, like video games. It's not really my thing. And boy, it's it's kind of lame. I feel like there aren't many games that I, what about like, I bet I could win some sort of eating contest. Does that count as a game?
0: hundred percent. Okay. Yeah. yeah.
1: Okay. <laughs> then I bet if it's, if it's either, if we're dealing with ice cream or if we're dealing with tacos, I bet that I could eat a, like an alarming number of
0: tacos a worrisome number yeah
1: yeah it's like the kind was like i'd still be going and you'd be like should we call the cops
0: <laughs> i don't know if this is part of the contest or if he's yeah. just eating them like wimpy and Popeye, like without <laughs> yeah. stop exactly exactly
1: it's like, something about this just feels unsafe <laughs>
0: yeah tacos or ice cream i like it uh I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but I have been in a pie-eating contest before. I deserved second... But I got third because the kid who got second was a kid and I was a not a kid. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's fair. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I kind of looked over at his pie and I was like, he just, he smudged more than he ate, but I'll <laughs> let him have his moment. And I took my like $5 Chipotle gift card or whatever and left the stage. <laughs> Wait,
1: what was second prize though?
0: I think a $10 Chipotle okay, gift card. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You're fine. You're fine. <laughs> yeah. I think first was probably a fifteen. I think so. It's not. It wasn't a high stakes ordeal. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, Twenty-seven. What topic can you discuss the most? Oh, video games. Yeah, though I
1: speak like that's so that's so broad. Though I mean, we could really narrow it down. Even there, I can Ooh. talk for I could talk for hours specifically about the Final Fantasy series. Mm. Okay. Uh I mean I could do that pretty much endlessly. Um yeah, Final Fantasy. There are a few other ones too that I that I like a lot that I could really that I could really dig into. I really like Metal Gear. I really like yeah. Assassin's Creed. Uh yeah. Oh, of course, and then there's I could talk about Columbo forever or uh I can also talk for a long time about the Gilmore
0: Girls. Oh, which that, is one of these is not like the other. Which I'm is one of my favorite. It's
1: one of my favorite TV shows.
0: Oh, that I could really go on a tear about, but,
1: but yeah, Final Fantasy is the thing I can talk the most about. Probably
0: it's pretty good. Uh, twenty-eight favorite place you visited. Uh, Tokyo probably. Japan is is by far the most uh, heard answer of this question. It makes me even more jealous that I can't currently go. There's something about it. Because,
1: like, you know, I've, I've had the good fortune to travel a lot of different places for, you know, in the course of my job. And, well, on vacations and stuff, too. But there is something about, and I'm sure that there are other places in the world that convey this feeling, too. But for me, there's no place like Tokyo for conveying just a sense of someplace that is very different. Mm. Like if you go to me to other parts of the United States, it's like, it's, you're still dealing with like, there's no language barrier. And if you go to parts of Europe, even if there is a language barrier, there's just like, culturally, it still seems like the, like the gap is less, but there is something that and I don't mean this in a bad way, but there is something about Japan that just really feels alien. Like when you can't even read the signs And understand some of these like basic customs of interaction and stuff. It's really interesting.
0: Wow, I love it. Uh, Question twenty nine. What's your catchphrase? I think I have a catchphrase.
1: Does a laugh count? People tell me that 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 my they like my laugh, which I can't which I can't force now because then it's ridiculous. (laughs) But. I think, if, if anything, it's probably that. I like yeah. laughing. I like having a good time.
0: Nice. That's a good thing to like. <laughs> I <laughs> hate having a good time. <laughs> Fun, no thank you. <laughs> uh Question 30. What's the best costume or cosplay you've ever worn?
1: If you're from the Midwest... You have heard stories about the uh, great blizzard of 91. The great Halloween blizzard of 91.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: This is is a thing that people around here do not shut up about. (laughs) My biggest memory of that, apart from the fact that it, you know, like, snowed a foot or more on Halloween, was my costume that year, which was a Teenage Mutant Ninja Santa. I had a Santa suit. I had a katana. I had a Leonardo mask. And I had a Santa hat.
0: It's perfect. It's perfect. (laughs) People did not get it. (laughs) What? What is there not to get? It's like... (laughs) But also, what is there to get? (laughs) Fair. (laughs) Fair. Anyway, yeah.
1: <laughs> but I think like that stands out to me as probably the most on
0: brand costume I've ever worn. It's a really good one. Uh 31. Have you ever had anything named after you? No. Mm.
1: Well, my family owns like my extended family owns some grocery stores. So around Minnesota you may have seen juba's super values
0: oh
1: but uh that's that's nothing to do with me that's okay. just the family name
0: interesting uh 32 what's a hobby you've dedicated the most time to yeah video games yeah it's again, i mean it's, it's like universal it's, it's, it's
1: weird too though because it's also like a it's also professional for me but it's like but it's like well if you I've also sort of made my job my hobby, or my, made my hobby my job. So that's,
0: I mean, I have video games just by a huge margin. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Thirty-three. Who's a celebrity you've had a crush on?
2: Hmm.
1: The first, so the first celebrity that I've had a crush on that comes to mind is. Back when I was younger, and really, I mean, I'm still really into the movie RoboCop. But when I was first getting into the movie RoboCop, when I had to watch the taped off of TV version that had way less blood, <laughs> yeah. uh, I had a crush on the actress who plays Officer Lewis, and Lewis in figured. RoboCop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which I can't, I can't remember the actress's name off the top of my head, but yeah, I, I had a crush on Officer Lewis when I was a kid.
0: It's a good choice. Uh, 34, what's the strangest job you've ever had?
1: I had, I, I was a, uh, before starting at GI, I was a bank teller for a little while. Oh. and which isn't in and of itself a strange job, but I had to do a strange thing as a bank teller, mm-hmm. which was one time the bank that I was working for was looking at uh, expanding to another branch. So they needed to buy the building for their other branch, but there was like, there were a bunch of like small local banks who were interested in expanding to this you know, particular location. Okay. So instead of working as a teller one day, my boss had me go to the location of this building, like next door, park a car, my car there, and just take down the license plates of all of the people who came to like look at the building that day. Huh. I think it was so they could like scope out who else was I have no idea how legal this was, by the way. (laughs) I was just doing what I was told. But... I think it was so they could try to figure out like who else was interested in the building, in the building. So they could like formulate their bid for yeah. it appropriately or something. But that is, that is by far like the strangest thing I've
0: had to do for a job. Very odd. Yeah. Cause I, don't, Cause I, you would think it would just be as good to be like, there were six people that stopped in today instead of like marking down individual license plates. But Yeah.
1: Yeah, I even had binoculars because I like I didn't want to go and like you can get out of your car and just like every time someone shows up like write it down. So it's like I was like sitting there eating corn nuts from the gas station or whatever and looking through my binoculars at license plates
0: for a 4 hour shift. <laughs> Amazing. Uh 35. What's a book you would recommend the world to read? Hmm. Okay,
1: I pretty much exclusively read fiction, which is a a harder thing to recommend because stories are very are a lot more personal. It's like "Eh, this story may or may not be for you. Yeah. So I feel like nonfiction is an easier book to recommend to you know the capital W world. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But I haven't read a whole lot of nonfiction except there's a, a book that I really like called, oh, I forget the full title. It was something like, you know, quiet introverts in a world. Ah, it's going to drive me crazy. It's like in introverts in a world that can't stop talking or something like that. But the, the, the book, the main title is quiet. Okay. And even though, I I don't necessarily I'm not necessarily on board with the idea of like there are two kinds of people in the world introverts and extroverts like that's reductive but yeah. um I I listened to this book on audiobook and it was for me as someone who is <clears throat> excuse me as someone who is very introverted it was uh, it was interesting to hear some of the some of the problems and uh, like some of the things that I had sort of casually observed, but hadn't really like put words to before in terms of the way, the way p- people sort of subconsciously value people who are very outgoing, people who are very charismatic, but that those qualities aren't necessarily, uh, aren't necessarily the best. Yeah. Yeah uh so yeah i guess it's sort of a weird <laughs> sort of a strange answer but i think that book helped me understand a lot about just i mean introverts and extroverts aside just a lot about the way different people interact with the world and and each other so
0: yeah in, in, infinitely valuable i dare say <clears throat> i haven't even read it and i can realize that. uh <laughs> 36 what's a movie that always makes you laugh
1: Oh, I don't have a good answer for this one.
0: <laughs> it's,
1: like there, there have been so many movies that I think are very funny, but then I'm also afraid that
0: they do, they don't hold up the way I remember. Right? Oh, like I, that's about ninety percent of, <laughs> of exactly. movies today. Like, yeah,
1: because like there, there was a time I watched uh, like uh, my wife and I watched the movie Heather's recently, which I remember just thinking was yeah. hilarious when I first saw it. And I, so we watched it and I was like, this just doesn't hold up the way I remember. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm afraid, I guess what I'd say, I feel like Wayne's World is probably a movie that though still like though very of its time and very dated, I bet I would still laugh watching Wayne's
0: World. I think so too. I, I haven't seen it in a while, but I think for the most part, it's, you know, the heart is there.
1: And you you just remember how funny the jokes were like at some point you're not even laughing at the jokes anymore. You're just laughing at what you remember your reaction to the <laughs> jokes being, right? Yeah. Like when Wayne rolls down the window and says, Pardon me, do you have any gray Poupon? And it's like that joke is so old and played out, and yet <laughs> I bet
0: I would laugh. It's still yeah. Oh yeah. That's a great one. Thirty seven. What's the worst movie you've ever seen?
1: Oh, that's easy. I there's a there's a movie called Sinbad, Sinbad of the Seven Seas, uh, starring Lou Ferrigno of Incredible
0: Hulk fame. Oh no! Okay,
1: <laughs> this is this is a movie that I got for super cheap. It was like like my local video store was clearing out their VHSs, and like you know, it's like five VHS tapes for a dollar,
0: just in bulk. <laughs> Right, (laughs) just take them out of our store, please. Yeah. Sale.
1: Uh, So, this is one of them that I got in that sort of uh, clearance, and woof, it is (laughs) so bad. Just like like incomprehensibly bad to the point. Even you read the back of the box, for example, the back of the box tells you the story. Well, like, well, it should tell you what the movie's about. And So the back of the box says, like, hey, it's about Sinbad. He's on the, exploring the seven seas. Uh, he needs to get this magical artifact from the mythical rock, like the two-headed bird. Oh, and, yeah. and all of this culminates in a rousing final battle on the surface of the moon. And you're like, that's cool. And you watch the movie, and there's no rock. <laughs> there is no final battle on the surface of the moon.
0: What happened? That's like that's like Metal Gear Solid or Metal Gear One and had like the weird translated box, and they just made up character <laughs> names. Yeah. like how does that fly? How would that ever pass any level of like quality insurance at any point
1: now, there was no qa on this movie at all <laughs> another hilarious thing about this movie by the way is one of sinbad's big things is i mean you think of sinbad you think of like a dude with a scimitar
0: right yeah swashbuckling baggy pants all day yeah. Yeah. one
1: of the recurring problems of this movie is that lou ferrigno repeatedly draws his scimitar only to throw it and go fight guys with his hands like he doesn't throw it at them. It's just like, it's like this happens at least three times. Like, I'm going to draw my sword and toss it aside so I can punch
0: you. What bold. is the
1: sword even for?
0: Is there like a producer off st- off screen who's just going like, he's gotta punch more things? Like, we gotta scrap this whole fight scene. <laughs> just just have him punch some of these guys. If they're okay Lou Ferrigno,
1: man, he's the Hulk. People want to see the Hulk punch. <laughs> Can we call this movie Hulk of the Seven Seas?
0: <laughs> well, we couldn't pass it by our lawyers, but uh, I guess it it's close enough it's <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm
1: sure I've seen worse movies than that i was a, i I'm a big fan of like mystery Science theater, so yeah oh, i yeah. I'm sure there are worse ones, but that is the one that stands out to me as like legitimately the one that was like s- terrible.
0: In a way that it was not even funny anymore. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. That amazing. Uh, question 38. Who's your favorite actor or actress? That's a
1: hard one. I feel like I connect so much more with <clears throat> characters rather than the actors playing them.
0: Hmm, you know? Interesting.
1: Like, like I think of, one of uh, the show Justified is one of my favorite shows, and it's got a character named Boyd Crowder, who is one of my favorite characters in in any show, played by a, a great character actor named Walton Goggins. But I wouldn't say that like Walton Goggins is my favorite actor. You know, yeah.
0: he is pretty good though.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I guess if you were to like, I feel like if you were to take look at some of my favorite movies and to see which actor like appears the most in them. Yeah. I f- feel like the answer would probably be Robin Williams. Oh, okay. Who's a man. I mean, make no mistake. The man had some stinker movies in his career, but I mean, he also had goodwill hunting dead poet society. Uh, Good morning, Vietnam. The voice of the genie and Aladdin. He had a bit part in uh, Kenneth Branagh's Hamlet, which I oh, wow. love. So it's like he's in. Uh, of oh, the Fisher King is another. It's, so anyway,
0: pro- yeah, probably him. Yeah, he, tremendous, tremendous. Uh, question thirty nine: How cool was it in Jurassic Park when the raptors were running through the kitchen? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Scale of 1 to 10, that's like a 7 or an
0: 8, I think. Yeah. It's it's above average cool. It's pretty cool. cool. It's pretty cool. (laughs) Uh, Question 40. First show as a kid you got really into? I think that's
1: got to be Voltron. Mm. I was real into Voltron. A lot of the other shows I was into, I was mainly into for the toys. Like Transformers was a... I liked for the toys. Yeah. G.I. Joe was good for toys, but Voltron, I was like into the story
0: of Voltron. <laughs> to be fair, Voltron also had some pretty sweet toys. Oh, I remember the click 'em together type uh, robots. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: Also great toys for Voltron for sure. Uh 41. Who should play you in a movie of your life? <laughs> Believe it or not, I've thought of this.
1: I've thought about this before.
0: Perfect.
1: I think uh, Paul Giamatti. That's who gets to be me.
0: I yeah, I think Hollywood. We got the casting. Make it happen. <laughs> Make it happen. Uh, now they're going to have to Photoshop that scene from Fight Club with Paul Giamatti <laughs> <laughs> punching himself in the face. Now that I would watch. <laughs> Internet, you heard it. Uh, Forty-two. Who's the biggest celebrity you've ever met in person? Hmm. And I always put a little caveat that, like, if you saw them on stage at a concert or something, I don't know if I would qualify that as like meeting them, you know, like right. some interaction with of some sort.
1: Yeah. So, like, I, it's weird because the biggest celebrity that I've interacted with, I've not actually met. I talked to over the phone. I interviewed The Rock for
0: Whoa.
1: Uh, back when there was a... Midway was making a spy hunter game for the John Woo spy hunter movie that never actually happened that the rock was starring in. Um, So I interviewed the rock for that. He was like talking to me on his cell phone as he was driving someplace. And so there was that. Uh, (laughs) But in terms of actually like meeting face to face in person, I think I go right to like, again, the, the gaming world. Like I've interviewed Hideo Kojima a few times. Pretty Great. He's probably the biggest name that i've actually like sat down and talked to
0: that dude seems pretty all right by me uh 43 tv show or podcast that you love but you don't think anyone else knows about
1: uh rectify i think is probably the most Hmm. underrated show that i love I'm not saying it's like super obscure. It's streaming on Netflix. People can have, people watch Rectify. But um, no, it's a, it's a really interesting show about a guy who was convicted of a crime when he was like 18. And he does, I forget what it is, maybe like 10 or 15 years in prison. And it, take, it takes place in the South, in Georgia, I think. And it's sort of about his re-entry into into the world but the way i I like to describe it is like this is a show that deals so much more in negative space in terms of its storytelling Hmm. it's a lot more it's a lot less about what the characters are actually saying to each other and a lot more of the like subtext of what they're holding back
0: interesting
1: um yeah i i love that it went on for four seasons it is great i recommend rectify it's like the tv it's it's the closest thing i've seen to like a tv version of a poem or like a you know like it's it's wow. it, it deals it just deals a lot in sort of quiet moments and reflection in a way that uh
0: i really liked wow this sounds layered and fascinating uh, i'm very interested i recommend it okay uh, 44, favorite comedian? I don't really
1: watch a lot of stand-up comedy. I th- think my favorite comedian then would have to be, oh, um, Nick Offerman, the guy oh, who played yeah. Ron Swanson in Parks and Rec. He does a, I've actually gotten to see him perform before. He did sort of a tour where where he, He's almost more of like a like traveling storyteller. Like it's almost it, it, it's less of just like stand up comedy and a lot more of just like he does some music. He does some storytelling. He does oh, wow, some bits. But yeah, Nick Offerman.
0: The favorite thing that I know that Nick Offerman does, even though I've watched all of Parks and Rec and obviously he's fantastic in it. Uh, he, does, he did a Yule Log video a couple of years ago. I don't know if you're familiar with this. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's about two hours long and it's on YouTube, just totally free. And it's Nick Offerman sitting in front of a fireplace on like a really elaborate wood chair uh, with, a, with a stand next to him with a single glass and a bottle of whiskey. And <laughs> it's just him staring at the camera, not a single word spoken. And he just refills his whiskey, takes a sip, puts it down stares at the camera for about 10 minutes picks his glass up takes another sip <laughs> does he, he does... go
1: through the whole bottle of whiskey in two hours
0: not the whole thing but okay a, good a enough of enough of it where like by the the last 40 minutes or so like you could tell he's a little slouch like, <laughs> <laughs> he's loosened up a little bit more than he was at first
1: gotcha okay
0: It it rules it absolutely is fantastic uh, i will check that out absolutely <laughs> Uh, forty-five best Saturday Night Live cast member.
1: Uh, Tina Fey. Mm. Yeah. So she does Thirty Rock, which I love. Uh, what else? The uh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. She wrote Mean Girls.
0: Yeah. She there has you a go. Great autobiography. Also, somewhere in this bookshelf is a. Uh... Bossy Pants, I believe is what it's called. Yeah. Yeah. Really, I've actually, really good.
1: I, on a road trip with some friends, I listened to an audiobook of that one.
0: I th- I've heard that one highly recommended because I believe she does the reading of it, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. Uh, 46. What's the nerdiest thing you've ever done? <laughs> God, there's a lot.
1: <laughs> uh boy. I think. Hmm. Okay. I actually went to a convention here in Minneapolis called NerdCon.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that qualifies. Certainly. I mean, it's in the name. <laughs> it's right there. Is there anything about that? I, I'm going to give it to you. This counts. Okay. <laughs> okay. Like, is there anything about this con that makes it particularly more nerdy than like a comic-con or, 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 you know, something of the sort? Well,
1: let's see it. Well, okay. You, you, you tell me it's about, they, they brought together a bunch of like authors and storytellers. It was essentially like a storytelling conference. Oh. So it wasn't, it wasn't the sort of thing like at a comic-con where it's like, Hey, pay, hundred dollars and get your picture taken with this person from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. It was like, it was basically a bunch of breakout panels throughout the day where all of these different creative people, whether, I mean, like they had musicians, they had writers. Uh, like I remember John Darneal of the Mountain Goats, who I mentioned oh, earlier uh, yeah. was there. Patrick Rothfuss, the author was there. Uh, it's put on by John and Hank Green who are, well, one of them, They're both authors. They're known as the, I don't really, the the vlog, vlog brothers, maybe. Okay. I don't know. I don't really follow their stuff beyond that. So basically just like a whole day of uh, sitting in conference rooms, listening to people talk about their podcasts and their books and how to, and how lowly people like us can make better podcasts and books.
0: Oddly, I think that might be nerdier than a Comic Con. Now that I think yes. about it, yes, because <laughs> at least with Comic Con you could just like buy a Funko Pop or whatever people do. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, Forty-seven least favorite state, as in the United States. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> I think I had an answer once of ennui just yeah. a fr- a french state of kind of meh gas
1: gas is the worst state <laughs> of matter
0: who needs it vapor get the heck out of here yeah
1: <laughs> solid <laughs> or liquid for me sometimes plasma nothing else
0: that's what your bumper sticker says right <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> Some, they didn't plan on it being that long, so sometimes yeah. plasma is kind of shoddily written yeah. at the bottom, but R-
1: right above the exhaust, too. No gas.
0: <laughs> the irony. The irony. Uh, uh question forty-eight. Uh, best thing you've ever won. Okay, so
1: I I, I don't really win things. Okay, like, I I don't I, I don't. Okay, so I don't really win things, but my wife is, like, supernaturally lucky wow.
0: when, it comes,
1: when it comes to contests. Okay. Like, if there's any sort of contest that they have, that they're having at her work or things like that, she will always win. Like, there was one time where she was like, hey, they're having a contest at work for tickets to this show tomorrow night. Make sure that you're free because I think I'm probably going to win that, and she did.
0: <laughs> who who makes plans to win a contest? But then it's like it's smart because she always wins. That's
1: so tremendous. Yeah, so because of her because of her lucky streak, I got to go see uh, uh, the guy who played Glenn in The Walking Dead. It was like a like a an NPR thing. So Uh,
0: yeah,
1: it was a show or NPR show called wits that they used to record here that uh, he would like the guy who played Glenn on the walking dead was the guest. So we, uh, Stephen Yoon,
0: I think his name is.
1: Yeah. Wow. (laughs) There you go. Very cool. Oh, gift certificate. She wins those a lot too. So we've got like restaurant gift certificates, free bottles of wine. Anyway.
0: My I, my ten dollar Chipotle card is looking <laughs> more and more sad by the minute here. Uh forty-nine. Is there anything you've collected or had a collection of? Yeah, I used to collect
1: G.I. Joe's like when I was younger. Oh. I still have I still have a decent collection of like video game statues and memorabilia and stuff like that, but that's more like that's like decoration for my desk at work, essentially. Mm. Um but, yeah, when I was younger, I was really into, like, collecting the G.I. Joes, though I would take – I mean, i play with them, too. Until no. – go ahead.
0: Oh, I was going to say, are you talking, like, the old school, like, super tall 70s G.I. Joes, or are we going no. more, like, plastic, what, four and a half inch or whatever? Yeah, is? yeah,
1: the four and a half inches, uh, That's That's what I got into, and I would, like – there was – When I started getting, when I started outgrowing them and getting bored with just like playing normal GI Joes with them, my, this is one of the, one of the best things that I ever got is my dad gave me a, a small Phillips head screwdriver that I hadn't even realized you could stick those in the back of the GI Joes and undo the screw that was holding them together. Uh Oh. which meant that you could, it was basically a character creator, but for GI Joes, because you could take (laughs) them apart, swap their heads, swap their arms. So this like collection that I had meticulously gathered throughout my youth, like when I started out growing it, I was just like Frankensteining these GI Joes together. So this, this thing, this collection that I like took so much pride in at one point when I was young is now just this horrifying mishmash of cobras and gi joes wearing each other's heads and pants and it's it's
0: real weird there are psychologists across the nation taking notes on all of this (laughs) that sounds amazing uh uh question 50 uh and uh i promise it's the last of the fighting questions okay okay (laughs) this one dubbed the ryan davis you're in a fight to the death With another person equal to your size, you're offered either an aluminum baseball bat or a six inch non serrated knife, knowing the other weapon you don't choose goes to your opponent. Which do you choose, knife or bat? Knife. That is correct. Immediately the knife. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, this is again my pro knife agenda (laughs) bubbling (laughs) to the surface. It is it's i think it's just ostensibly the correct answer like yeah i feel like there are so many ways to
1: to deflect or even if you don't fully deflect or dodge it's a lot easier to take a hit from a bat yeah but like you get that knife like it only takes once with the knife
0: yeah yeah that's exactly it i think people always say like i'll take the bat for the range as if it's like like Sephiroth's sword, like it's seven <laughs> feet long. It's like, no, it's it's not that much longer than the knife. Like, yeah.
1: And also, this also ties in. I've been playing Yakuza recently, and
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Like Majima's knife is stronger than his bat. So, <laughs> checkmate. There you go.
0: Music, music. Who's got the music? Oh, I do. Right here. Like the song that's playing now from the Mini Vandals. Or the song that's going to play next from DJ Williams. Or the opener from Diala, Or even the closing song from Single Friend. So check them out. Review me on Apple Podcasts. Review me on Spotify. Review me wherever you can review me. I don't care about all that. Today I'm more focused on something else. If any of our wonderful listeners out there are interested in a Philippines-based woodworking shop, can I recommend collab.by.ca on Instagram? That's C O L L A B C A on Instagram. Check them out! Now back to the show. So between 1551, 50 normally this is my little question to you. I was good to ask you about Columbo. I even I had a little note that just said Columbo at the bottom of my, my book here, but that's getting. <laughs> you should have right known it moment. was going to come up almost immediately. <laughs> I was thinking, like, wait, is the TV show question before 50 or after 50? <laughs> and I couldn't quite remember. And I, uh, turns out I haven't printed out, I can just look, but, um, <laughs> Which will uh, lead perfectly into this, though. Uh, smooth transition here. Obviously, you've uh, been a Game Informer for you said just shy of about uh, twenty years, seventeen.
1: Yeah, 18? seventeen years now.
0: Truly impressive. And I've I've been a fan of of Game Informers for too long. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no such thing.
0: <laughs> I think I, I I said on a previous thing. I the the first issue I remember getting was like. Fifty or fifty-two? Oh wow! Oh, like, that was before
1: my time, even.
0: Yeah, it was uh, the the heady like Helgeson and, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, there there's some there's some really fun uh, fun early issues there. Um, but uh, obviously, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the work there. Um, but if I have to ask you one particular question, because it came up and I am a huge fan of it myself, the Final Fantasy series. Mm. I am a pretty big fan. At least uh, going up to about 12. The the modern ones haven't captured my interest quite as much. But I know you're a particular fan of 6, which is what I would say is my second favorite of all time. Oh, I just okay. I just want to hear from you. At least top 3. <laughs> How, what would you rank top 3 final fantasies of all time? And let's let's discount the spin-offs the tactics because if, if that's a whole nother debate because I think tactics and tactics advanced and maybe a tactics advanced too was eh. but <laughs> those are, are excellent in and of their own right but mainline numbered final fantasy what, what would you what top three would you give it here I know I'm putting you on the spot but
1: yeah well it's it's actually funny I feel like I could look this up I'm sure this I'm sure I've written this article <laughs> somewhere um uh, but the other funny thing is, like, like someone's favorite movies, those answers can just vary from day to day too, right? Hundred percent. Yeah. Um, the way I'm feeling about it now, this very moment, this very day, Final Fantasy VI is always the top. That's yeah. that's just that's just never getting unseated for me.
0: It's. I think the pixel art on it is perfect. I mean, that sounds hyperbolic, but. Man, that it's, super NES pixel graphics are so good. Oh, it is
1: it's so good. And it's also just like such an exemplar of an age of of RPGs, too. You know, like if you want, I just think it is I know that it's controversial that Chrono Trigger normally takes the slot when people talk about the best 16-bit RPG, but like for me, I I think it's I think it's FF6. Yeah. Like there's just so much about that that is the culmination of years of developing that genre and the thing that's funny about it is then in the in the subsequent games like you know nothing against 7 nothing against 8 those those are also games that i play and enjoy <laughs> but there's but there's a an acclimation period of suddenly getting used to new hardware getting yeah. used to new technology getting used to new conventions how do you present the world how do you present combat all of that stuff that it's like um, not that it's even bad but it's just less seamless and Final Fantasy 6 is just this razor sharp honed blade of RPG conventions up to that point oh, yeah. I just love it so that's number one number two Final Fantasy X probably
0: 10 is real good I played and... a lot of Blitzball a lot of blitz ball. so much blitz ball <laughs> where I was like, rec- I, I stopped playing the game and was just recruiting players all around the map to like, Oh, there's a, I forget what, kamari's race is called in that game but like there ronso's was Ron- ronso's there was a ronso that was like a perfect defensive guy and i was like trying to recruit him and sign him for the longest time and
1: You're doing some- everything you could to get nimruk the goalie for the albed team
0: yes because he was it's- by far the best <laughs> for
1: most it's like the, it turns out that that terrible goalie that you have on the besaid horrocks right away that is like if you play everyone up to level 99 keepa actually gets to be the best goalie
0: oh is that he's like the like a halo pistol like he scales the best through the game i
1: mean well no but he like scales poorly it's just this like exponential jump at the very end oh that that has him like at max levels he's the best but up to that point he he basically just sucks for 90 levels and then he starts getting good
0: uh wow
1: yeah Anyway, I could talk too much about Final
0: Fantasy X probably. Did I? Uh, I think I've mentioned the term sleep shot three too many times that no one understands oh, what I'm talking about. No, it's hilarious. It's a broken move. <laughs> <laughs> you do that in a jack shot and it's a goal every single time. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh man. And it's also oh, those Luca Goers that they're like rival team is so when I replayed I replayed Final Fantasy X maybe like four or five years ago, and like I'd forgotten just how much they make you hate those man yeah. screw the luca goers <laughs> uh and then number three number three is a tricky spot i think for me a lot of nostalgia probably figures in and i have to go with final fantasy four
0: mm. four is is i think four goes into my fourth spot honestly it, it's 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 tremendous i think the characters are like it's it maybe rude to say ahead of its time, but <laughs> you know, rude to all the other games coming out at that time, but it felt so much better than just about everything else on the market around then.
1: Yeah, that was uh, the game for me. Uh, even though if you look back on it now, this the story in that game is pretty conventional, like RPG story stuff. But when I first played it, that was the game that sort of opened my eyes to the idea that, oh, like a game can be a story a game can be like a book mm. a game can like you're not just playing it you're also getting from point a to point b in in a narrative yeah. and that was a like that was a powerful thing for me and i think i will always love that game because of it
0: so i love it i yeah. love it that's an excellent list
1: what's your number 1 bob
0: nine i'm a sucker for 9 I know it I know people have very mixed feelings about it but to me like I I I played a lot of 1 and when I played 9 it was like my head cannon of 1 but blown out to the nth degree and it was like a dream come true that that's how I always saw it and and it's such a fun little fairy tale world. Like, is it you know mature and serious, and maybe not as much as it should be, especially around like right after eight, which is like, what's more serious than a gun, <laughs> a gun with a sword? <laughs> yeah. Um, but nine always holds a special spot in my heart. Uh, I think it's I think nine six ten for me. Yeah,
1: it's a good. It's a nine's a good game. I, when I think back on it, I just remember wanting that battle system to go so much faster. Like, come on, animations, go faster. <laughs> come on, ATB bar, oh, fill
0: yeah. up. There are some of the summons in that game that take like, <laughs> like you could select the summon people's. A T B gauge will fill up, you select all their things, and then you just sit there for about like oh, I mean what is it? Arc in that seconds?
1: game takes like a full like a full minute and a half, I think. It's yeah. ridiculous. Anyway,
0: yeah. Yeah, but all right. I'm glad hey, I could nerd out about own. Final Fantasy for a minute here. <laughs> uh but we have more questions. Uh, Let's get to it. 51. What's your phone wallpaper right now? Oh, it's my two dogs. Aww. I
1: have two Boston
0: Terriers and they're Chewing on a stick together. (laughs) That's fantastic. Uh, 52, what's the last thing you Googled? Hmm. Somehow another question that's not sponsored by Google. I'm just saying, if they don't throw us a couple bucks, I'll change it to Bing. (laughs) Not not brand loyal here.
1: Wait a minute. Didn't I Google something on this podcast? Oh, it's very possible. Let's say, But before that uh okay yeah so the last thing i actually googled was the fred durst hbo show which you and i were talking about before we started (laughs) filming the jinx correct yeah the jinx uh but prior to that it was (laughs) synonyms for the word excited (laughs) which i ended up not even using any of them in the thing i was writing because (laughs) they, they didn't quite fit
0: but i do a lot of that
1: synonyms for
0: blank yeah. It's a pretty common Google term for me. I can imagine. Uh, 53. You have to name your next pet without seeing them. What do you name them? Buddy. Because that's
1: what you're gonna call that's, that's what you're gonna call your pet anyway. <laughs> no matter Skip what the, the actual <laughs> yeah, no matter what the actual name is, what are the odds that you're gonna be like, oh hey
0: buddy? It works. It works. 54 what professional wrestler would you compare yourself to
1: I'm afraid I don't know enough about actual professional wrestling to make a good comparison there
0: okay but not even your 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 best friend and phone confidant the rock <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you
1: can't say I'm like the rock no matter how true it may be in my (laughs) case uh though i guess the one wrestling story that i always that i always liked was the one about the debut of the character Shockmaster. yes which back in the day when dan Rikert was at gi he he showed me that video and i
0: have always found that
1: hilarious
0: it's about the funniest gaffe in professional wrestling that's ever existed uh I don't know how well known it is. I feel like it's relatively obscure, but like, uh, yeah. The, the the long and short of it is they were they were about to debut in WCW a big hulking wrestler by the name of the Shockmaster, and he was he was going to come in and save the day. Like it was a four on four match, but the uh, the good guys only had three, and who's going to fill the last spot? <laughs> and This fella, Fred Ottman, was his real name. Uh, <laughs> he was in like a little painter's vest and a (laughs) stormtrooper helmet that's just the ridiculous thing it's like a a glittery one yeah they they took a stormtrooper helmet from like the halloween store and spray painted it with glitter and put it on his head and so (laughs) just on face value if that's what he was it would have been disappointing but his big debut was him kool-aid manning through a wall but someone set up a support two-by-four at the bottom of said wall. So he just collapses through the wall, trips and falls onto his face, and his helmet falls off. It's hard It's hard to introduce yourself
1: with the appropriate, like, menace and fanfare when you're just... Do a big tumble and your dumb stormtrooper helmet falls off.
0: My favorite part of that whole thing is after he he, like, scrambles for his helmet puts it back onto his head and then like while still trying to look tough and flex he yeah. like dusts the floor dirt off of his hand <laughs> <laughs> because he had just fallen over Oh, there so, are yeah. so many layers to that like 45 seconds that it is it's beautiful
1: I say okay yeah so that's who I compare myself to it's like sometimes a little too self serious but
0: inevitably I'm gonna blow it shock master oh, a thing of brilliance uh 55 what's your comfort food on a bad day frozen pizza Ooh. frozen pizza
1: specifically not like ordered pizza not delivery pizza not restaurant pizza
0: yeah like a DiGiorno or, or a Mama, what is it? Mama something or other. Yeah. I don't. I don't actually like DiGiorno very much. Mm. But I have. I have my
1: preferred brands that I. You know, <laughs> yeah. different pizzas for different moods.
0: Of course, of yeah. course. Yeah. Uh, Fifty-six favorite
1: smell. I have a very weird answer to this one, which is I've always liked the smell of
0: gasoline. <laughs> But I would say, jotting notes again. uh
1: (laughs) But I think my more normal answer is um, you know, like when you walk into an ice cream shop and they're making waffle cones, Mm -hmm. the smell of waffle cones, and they never taste that good. Like they never have the power when you're eating them, the flavor is never as intense or satisfying as that smell leads you to believe it might be.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. They're always a little bit blander than you'd want them to be, but yeah, that smell gets you in the door and it's just phenomenal. Yeah. Waffle cones. Not point. gasoline. <laughs> Though As... if a gas station is next to an ice cream shop. <laughs> mm. Got a best of both worlds. Baby. Now you're talking. <laughs> uh, 57. Best candy. Yeah. Reese's peanut
1: butter cups except not actually the cups but the novelty shapes that they release there's always some novelty shape going around right yeah yeah like if it's around christmas they're trees if it's around halloween they're pumpkins right now in my cupboard i have some heart-shaped ones because valentine's (laughs) is a month away right like whatever the novelty shape reese's is those are the ones because they have a they have a way better ratio of peanut butter to chocolate than
0: traditional cups. Interesting. I think you might be right there. I this have, I have specific thoughts about this. I <laughs> have put time
1: into this.
0: <laughs> Joe's pulling out a, a, a hardcover notebook that just says Reese's thoughts on the cover. It's laminated. <laughs> oh, I love it uh 58 worst candy
1: worst candy gum <laughs> gum is the worst candy
0: okay, okay. does that count are you gonna think... call
1: foul on gum
0: <laughs> it's the golf of candy uh, <laughs> no i i think that totally that totally applies yeah
1: because I mean, there's some gum that isn't candy if you're just like a like, trident or whatever. But th- there's some gum that positions itself as candy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Very true. Don't be fooled. <laughs> Don't be fooled by big gum. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 59. What's a restaurant you would recommend? So I
1: guess rather than recommend a specific restaurant, one thing I've been thinking about lately, like I love going to I love donuts and I love like going to bakeries and stuff like that. And I feel like donut shops are having a tough time right now because no one's going into the office and like how much of their profits is people, hey, it's donut Thursdays. Hey, it's (laughs) donut Fridays, right? Oh, yeah. I don't want to see donut shops go anywhere. So if I were to recommend anything, this is coming recently. There was a donut shop in our area that like got some local news coverage because someone was like, hey, how's it going? And they're like, not good. (laughs) And then like the local news covered them and then like just orders started flooding in for them because it's nice. So support your local bakery, your local family donut shop. That's what I'd recommend. Donuts are perfect.
0: Uh, yeah, but they're not the perfect breakfast. That's pancakes, comically large. <laughs> <laughs> uh, question sixty: What's a food you've never eaten? Hmm,
1: it's probably got to be some sort of seafood. Mm. Like, like I've eaten a lot of seafood enough to know that I just generally don't like it. It's a lot of texture things for me. Uh, but like, I've had a lot of the big ones still. Like I've had lobster, tried oysters. I have not had crab legs. Hmm. I have not eaten crab legs.
0: I'm, I am a fan of crab legs, but I kind of get it. It's a little, it's stringy is supposed is a term for it. Yeah. I get Yeah. Uh, 61 strangest food that you have eaten.
1: I've eaten chicken feet. Is that strange? Uh,
0: nominally strange, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've
1: eaten, I've eaten haggis. Is that strange? Oh, that we're
0: we're marching up the strange ladder. Okay, a little okay, bit.
1: good, good. <laughs> I think that's probably about as strange as it gets.
0: Yeah, but it's like various meats in a sheep stomach or something along those lines?
1: Yep, exactly. Okay. Yep. Var- various it's like a heart and liver or whatever sort of chopped up and then boiled in a sheep stomach.
0: Perfect. Yeah. We've got my appetizer <laughs> ready right here for some haggis. Uh 62 what's a typical day off?
1: I'd be in my basement sitting on my couch dogs in my lap cup of coffee on the table next to me and playing a video game and that's pretty much just 12 hours of that
0: (laughs) it's not a bad day yeah uh 63 what's a bucket list item that you've accomplished I think I touched on this one a little
1: bit already. It would probably be that that trip that I took uh to Tokyo to do the Final Fantasy 15 oh, cover yeah. story. Yeah. Um partially because I mean doing doing cover stories and visiting developers is just inherently a, a fun thing about the the work I get to do. Mm-hmm. But in that case in particular just because I do love that series so much, being able to just like go to the offices where those games are made and to like sit down and talk not, not just like not in a big group interview session at E3, like sometimes happens, but actually sort of like one-on-one or two-on-one interviews with people like uh, Yoshinori Kitase, uh, Hajime Tabata, um, Takashi Tokita,
2: Mm. uh,
1: Yusuke Naora, who is the art director on, ff10 and did some of that stuff on stuff anyway the oh um yoshitaka amano the the like the illustrator who does the the logos like the logo illustrations like gorgeous i got to go to his studio and what like he had a meeting with some of the final fantasy 15 guys and i saw him like he whipped out a piece of paper and he just did a little like quick sketch for these guys so like as reference for something so i was just like There were lots of moments on that trip where, you know, being in proximity to people who are responsible for some of the games that have just been like the biggest parts of my gaming life. Right. So that was
0: that was a big deal for me. Yeah. Yeah, I think I. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> an right mono on. art book on my <laughs> bookshelf immediately behind me. Yeah, hey, I know
1: that guy. You know, he's just, <laughs> he's my friend.
0: I, I think I got that at an anime con or something. And it, I just like sat down at a table that was used for like Yu Gi Oh and just said, "Move aside, nerds! I got art to look at."
1: <laughs> Cultured guy coming through.
0: <laughs> I, I love it so much. uh Sixty four bucket list item you probably won't accomplish
1: yeah i don't think i'm ever gonna actually make
0: a video game Mm.
1: i have i have ideas and i have grand designs that at some point i'm gonna figure something out and like learn how to do this but the fact of the matter is like that just requires learning a whole new skill set yeah and you know if there are I feel like I have spent years learning how to like uh be an effective writer and that is if I'm interested in storytelling that is probably the more accessible way for me to <laughs> for me to actually get some stories told rather than starting from square one in a totally different career path
0: <laughs> all very true unless you get one of those like Alana Pierce things where she just like didn't she at Sony just writing the next uh, God of War was it or, I don't know no. that they've
1: announced it specifically. Oh, they, she's, at, yeah, she's at the Sony She's at the Sony Santa Monica Studio. Yeah, yeah,
0: I, yeah, I kind of made it. They're leap doing there. God of War. Yeah, yeah. But, but tremendous. But well, like, yeah, I'm keeping my fingers crossed for you, Joe. Who knows? <laughs> uh, sixty-five dubbed by previous guests. The realest question of the bunch. Oh, okay. Name of a friend you don't keep in contact with, but regret it
1: oh you gave me an out you gave me an out with the regret it
0: (laughs) i wanted it to at least be like cosine style like it picks (laughs) up at the end a little bit you know well
1: no the because like really i can there there are lots of i can give you the names of several friends that i don't really keep in contact anymore that's this is kind of sad because i enjoyed their company but at the same time there's, this sounds this sounds like terribly cold, but like I don't think that I would do it differently mm. like so part of regret is saying like, man, I wish I could have done that differently, yeah, and the reality of it is it's just like for me anyway, like maintaining relationships is hard and like re- requires a lot of effort and I think, and maybe this is just me getting older, but like over time. I think I've come to be more okay with the fact that it's okay to have friendships that are specific to a time in your life and a place in your life. And that doesn't make them less important if they just don't last forever, you know? So that's my cop-out answer to your question.
0: I think that's a very poetic (laughs) cop-out. I will check with the judges, judges. They accept.
1: I like those judges. (laughs)
0: what they're doing over there get out of here (laughs) shoo Uh, 66 what's a game that makes you feel nostalgic
1: oh I guess we touched on it already but yeah Final Fantasy 6 for sure Um, I just have such vivid memories of like sitting in my room as a kid using my using my four hours of allotted video game time per weekend just (laughs) going to town on that game and sneaking hours whenever I could.
0: I gotta say, that game would take a while if you could only do it in four-hour chunks. Like... Well,
1: that game is the reason I was given four-hour chunks. <laughs> like, previously when I would just, like, rent... Before I owned a Super Nintendo, um, there were there was a little bit of time where I would have to, like, rent it. And I would rent Final Fantasy along with it. Mm. And I think my parents were alarmed by just, like, my sheer... Capacity for sitting in one place and staring at a screen. Uh, so when I'd rent it and I'd just sit and play a game for like 12 hours, they'd be like, you know, if we buy you this console, you can't just do that all the time. You, We're going to limit it. Yeah. So it was sort of a sacrifice that I had to make that I didn't really make, like I said, and I would just
0: sneak time whenever I could. Yeah. For the sake of the game, it deserved this. <laughs> uh 67 what game have you spent the most time playing
1: ah gonna sound like a broken record here but i mean i i, I think it's probably final fantasy six again okay just in terms of sheer hours logged, because i don't really do i don't play those sort of hobby games right like i don't really get super into mmos i played a little bit a while for a while but um like i don't get super into mmos don't get super into competitive shooters those sort of like yeah. recurring commitments, but I have played Final Fantasy VI like 20 times in my life. Wow. And I know at least, on at least three separate occasions, I have maxed out the timer on my save slot to 99.59. Wow. So, I mean, I've put at least 300 hours into that game, but realistically a lot more
0: that uh, yeah <laughs> I think that checks out uh, 68 what's something you have built with your own hands beyond just like cheap furniture and stuff <laughs> I mean if that's where it kind of caps off there's no shame in that
1: no I mean I uh, I do some or rather I did I, I haven't done this much recently but uh, I've I used to do some sculpting, like modeling clay sculpting. Oh. So not like capital A art sculpture, right? But more like, hey, it was a little like I made a little guy out of uh, out of modeling clay, yeah. uh, Fimo or something. So most recently, we had a. This is probably I probably shouldn't spoil this, but I think I I have already is the we had like a secret Santa a few years ago at uh, GI and uh, someone on staff was a big fan of untitled goose game. So oh, yeah. I like took some modeling clay and made a, made a goose that I then <laughs> yeah. sort of uh, I, I stood up on a, I made sort of a platform for it with a little noise box in there. So you could basically press a golden bell down and it would make the honking noise from the goose game.
0: Brilliant.
1: But yeah, I mean it's what probably it's probably about three inches tall or so. The goose.
0: I, you got an Etsy store on your hands here, Joe. <laughs> I've I thought about that. I would buy a honking no, goose. No, like
1: yeah, not, <laughs> not not not. I should say I haven't legitimately thought about like doing a crafty <laughs> Etsy store. My my big idea is doing a terrible Etsy store. Uh, <laughs> but things yeah. that no things that no one would in their right mind want to buy.
0: Like the opposite of sharper image, like yeah,
1: like custom amiibos, but like making the amiibos much worse by appending weird like extra arms and stuff to like here here's
0: Waluigi with three arms. <laughs> there's, there's gotta be someone <laughs> who wants that. I don't know that person, but there probably is well. I'll let I'll find them and let them know
1: when I open my terrible Etsy store.
0: I can't wait. Uh question 69. Best pickup line.
1: That's a good fit. That's a good
0: fit for yeah, okay. I think uh, I I originally had it at like 70, and I think it was Ben Hansen who goes, What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> You're so close. Like just move it up one. I'm like, idiot, of course, of course. That's a good point.
1: <laughs> uh boy. I mean, like, I am. I am so, I was so bad at dating that like no one should take my advice on, on this topic. <laughs> I, I, I just have nothing nothing worthwhile to contribute there. My wife, like, I feel like I, I've never effectively used a pickup line. I feel like essentially when when I first started like talking to my wife it was, this I think she basically sent me a chat message that was sort of like, hi, do you want to go on a date sometime? And it was like, yeah, that's what I need. Like just straightforward, <laughs> clear intentions.
0: Uh, yeah. Perfect. Uh, I think that fully qualifies as well. <laughs> uh, question 70. Have you ever had any good nicknames? No,
1: I've had some cruel nicknames. (laughs) Oh, no. Uh, Well, no. I mean, it turns out that like when you have, well, you understand this, Bob Buell, Mm -hmm. that when you have a short, punchy, alliterative name, that just kind of ends up becoming a nickname by default. Like a lot of time, people will just call me Jojuba. Yeah. Because Mm -hmm. it's fun to say
0: it's 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 it has a good mouth feel it rolls well into each other yeah i i get that all the time bob buell it's yeah. like it might as well but just be a first name <laughs> exactly yeah uh 71 do you believe in love at first sight no absolutely not <laughs> <laughs> probably agree with you there uh 72 what's a big turnoff of yours
1: Hmm. I was just in terms of like normal interpersonal relationship stuff.
0: Yeah, just something um, someone does that just, yeah.
1: Yeah, like I really, and I don't know if this is just the Midwesterner in me or what, but like, I really don't like self-importance. Mm. It's, a, it's a little different than arrogance. It's a little different than ego. But that idea that need... For some people to like uh, trumpet their own greatness at any opportunity is
0: does not work with me. <laughs> I uh, also concur. There, <laughs> uh, seventy-three. Do you consider yourself an artist? Uh, no. Not even those goose statues? No, no. I mean, I guess you know that kind
1: of ties into the self-importance thing though. Like like I, I feel like ah. I feel like I feel like that might like that there's stuff tied into that term that is maybe, and I don't I don't mean to say that people who do call themselves artists do so undeservedly, right? Mm. But for me, that that taking stock of what I do, that feels like puffing myself up to a degree that is just, that is just like not merited. Cause like some of the stuff that I do, like, again, like it, it, there is a craft to it, to it, but it's not like, it's not capital A art. That's fair. That's fair. A skilled hobby,
0: if you will. Uh (laughs) Just like golf. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. i went to a a graphic design school and so you have to take all sorts of like entry-level art classes so i've had this debate a thousand times of like is this really art like someone putting a urinal on a display and you know putting it in a museum to me i always say yes this is one of the things i'm like 100 yes on uh and and the way i've described it and i think it kind of works is art is a category like food like you cannot like a tuna sandwich but you can't not call it food. I can look at a painting or a statue or a writing and say, I don't like that, but I'm not qualified to say that's not art. That's yeah. how I see it. But Hey, I'm just one humble podcaster. So
1: yeah. it's it, it. Well, yeah, we don't need, this is, that's a whole different podcast. We can just,
0: <laughs> yeah, we'll what? set
1: that. We'll set the whole, what is art discussion aside for people who have a little more training.
0: Yeah, that's uh, excellent point. Excellent point. <laughs> People come to this podcast for the blitzball talk; they leave with the <laughs> art talk. Starts. Uh, question seventy. Oh no, I jumped the gun. So, question seventy-four: What's something you tried to cook and failed?
1: Hmm. I mean, I used to just be such a miserable cook. Like, I just never. I just couldn't do anything. Mm. Uh, like I didn't try to cook anything beyond sandwiches, and then uh, when my wife and I started dating, she sort of taught me taught me how to cook, or at least like get like help me get that like the basic skill set for it that I need. Now I feel like I can handle if I have a recipe, I can handle about anything. Though there was a time that I forgot to add sugar to pancakes,
0: and that was gross. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of salty and.
1: Yeah, that, no, that was a, fa- that was a total failure. It was, there was
0: gross. Yeah, I could see that.
1: I basically just read, like, I made a few of the pancakes and we sat down to eat and like after one, bite, cause they still make, they still look like pancake. Like you don't realize you failed until you eat it. And then you're <laughs> like, what is wrong here?
0: <laughs> Something's missing or there's not enough of something.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then I, ju- then I just started, over. I mean, you just have to start from scratch at that point.
0: But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, question 75 dubbed the Ben Hansen what's the greatest piece of art ever made oh god <laughs> this whole chestnut
1: yeah well this, there was a lot of discussion on this on the GI show uh mm-hmm. so I've've I've thought about this a lot and so as much as we could like <laughs> we could prevaricate about like what what is art yeah. uh I'm just gonna I'll, I'll give an actual answer I'll just say I I think it's Hamlet Shakespeare's Hamlet. Mm, strong if, choice. You're not gonna find, I don't think you're going to f- find a work that necessarily continues to be relevant and continues to influence over so much time as that one does, which I think is something I want in a, like you can look at a you can look at a painting and the the fact that it physically endures time is impressive. But at, at some point, are you just looking at it and being like, Oh, that's a pretty painting mm. yeah. versus something that I, I feel like, I feel like Hamlet continues to inspire uh, a lot of different interpretations, a lot of different. It's also though, I think more accessible, like something like a play or a movie or, or whatever of it is something that is like that you can watch and parse and has enough like familiar elements that people can connect to it versus something like, I think if, if you're dealing with something like a painting, a lot of people feel unqualified to even look at that in any artistic way beyond, Oh, that's a pretty painting.
0: Yeah. You know, that's an interesting way of of putting it. Yeah. Because I think people are so used to the cycle of watching a movie and taking what they will out of it. That, a play still holds up in that exact regard. Yeah, and if the themes yeah. hold up, uh, the whole thing holds up. And it's been,
1: yeah, it's been, it's been around for a long time. It
0: certainly, is it stands the test of time. I like it. I like it. Uh Question seventy six: Have you ever had something happen to you you would consider paranormal? No. <laughs> it's fair. Flat no. <laughs> Probably the same answer here. Would you or you know, similar? Uh, Seventy-seven. Would you ever use a Ouija board? Well, sure. I mean, <laughs> I feel like what? Because nothing's gonna
1: happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I would be. Do you, can you use a Ouija board by yourself, or do you would have a
0: very people? dull time? I suppose. Yeah, like, because that's could.
1: it. It's like because if you're like no matter what, if there was someone else using the Ouija board, I would just be convinced that well, yeah, they're moving it. Or I would probably move it to mess with them. So, yeah, I'd
0: use a Ouija board. I just wouldn't put much stock in it. (laughs) Fair. Uh, Question 78 simply, why? Why? Uh,
1: That's that's really the question.
0: It is. The 78th one, in fact. (laughs) I
1: mean, (laughs) it's. It seems more like a save it for the end kind of question. That's a, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I th- because the alternative
0: is even worse. That's a good one. Uh, 79, if given the chance, when would you time travel to? Oh, I've
1: thought about this one too. Yeah. It traveled back to the day, like the day I was born and establish, I'd make some very smart investments on my own behalf, establish a trust that I would not gain access to until like, like today. (laughs) So basically the idea being, I don't want a bunch of money to change the person I am, but also it would be nice to have a bunch
0: of money right now. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. i sometimes i just look back at that chart of like what bitcoin was (laughs) and i'm like uh, it would have been real nice to kind of drop a hundred bucks on this on the ground floor you know yeah man
1: i don't know why i'm making this so complicated actually like why don't i just go like do i I should just biff from back to the future right Right? and just yeah go and make a few huge bets (laughs) why do i want to do a bunch of investing that's that's what a nerd (laughs) answer Oh, uh, I'm getting old. Yeah. No, I, I should I, I should have said, like, I'd go and, like, bet on a dirt bike race or something. <laughs> something cool. That's what cool people do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> cool people still
1: ride dirt bikes, I assume.
0: Yeah. Almost definitely. Yeah. Uh, but without a helmet, because that's <laughs> somehow injury is cool. <laughs>
1: uh, I don't know. I watched some videos that say it is
0: uncool to no. not wear a helmet. But it's <laughs> fair kids don't listen to them. uh 81 what game show oh i skipped one again i keep wanting to jump the gun here 80 have you ever made a sudden dramatic change to your lifestyle and stuck to it
1: i guess the biggest one for me would just be like the the career change i had when i thought i was going to teach and then hmm. didn't but uh that was that was the thing you know like it just I just didn't have a great uh, student teaching experience personally. Mm. So then I was sort of met with that crisis of, I thought that this is the job I was going to do for my whole life. And now, and I went to school for it and now I don't know what I should do. So that's when I went to go work at the bank for a little bit. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And then, uh, and then I got hired by GI. So so I, so I stuck to it for 17 years now.
0: That bank might take you back one of these days. <laughs> who knows? Ooh, who knows? <laughs> You'll be writing down uh, drivers, <laughs> d- d- whatever those things are. <laughs> Just like driver's licenses. No, that's oh, not what you. Oh thinking. yeah,
1: doing more bank espionage. <laughs> yes, yeah, of course.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, question eighty-one: What game show, past or present, would you love to be a contestant on?
1: There was a show on Nickelodeon when I was a kid called Finders Keepers, Ooh. that. Was I don't remember exactly what the like the game show element of it was, but it all culminated as so many of those old Nickelodeon shows did, right? There's some big final thing, yeah. And uh, this was uh, basically a big scavenger hunt through a house, but it, like a like a mm. set house that uh, what's like all the rooms only had three walls, so the audience could see into the house, but they had different rooms made up. Like, oh, here's the living room, here's the bedroom, here's the what yeah and basically the whole point was to just rampage through the house and just tear everything up in search of different clues right so it's like like uh i i don't know it'd be something like you get a clue and it's like this clue is a real feather in your cap you'd be like feather 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 pillows in the bedroom. So then you go to the bedroom where there's a bunch of feather pillows on the bed. And the kids would just tear the things open. There'd be feathers everywhere. And so just a, just a whole, it's just basically Wreck the House, the game show. Wow. wow. Which I was, I just fantasized about being on
2: when <laughs> I was a kid.
1: To the point that one year my parents actually made a like themed birthday scavenger hunt like that. With a lot of rules about what I could tip over and tear up and what I couldn't.
0: Justified rules, I would yeah. say, yeah. but that's yeah. still tremendously fun. I don't think I've ever heard about that show, but yeah, Finders Keepers,
1: very cool. Uh, 80... oh god, now I'm worried. Now I'm worried I got the name wrong. I think that's the right name. It
0: sounds like that would be the name of that show, it but... sounds like it. Whatever, let's say it's right, yeah, yeah. Uh, 82 What's a quote that you love? <sighs>
1: this isn't like some some like profound attributed quote by, you know, some great, great thinkers or whatever, but there were, I had a, I had a college professor in an acting class once say something that is, that has really, really stuck with me over the years. Mm. Um, And it's, it's just a, a simple phrase. He said, be where you are. And you're saying this in the context of, like you're saying this to a bunch of college students who I'm sitting here in this class right now, but I have another class after this and then I have a paper due tomorrow and then I have a final after that. And like, but it it's also sort of an outlook that extends beyond that sort of cramped college schedule yeah. to life beyond. And the fact, like, I guess I, I think about it in terms of, you know, there's always going to be there's always going to be a thing on the horizon. There's always going to be another thing to do another thing to reach for. And I like that quote because it, you know, it also reminds you of the importance of looking around your immediate surroundings and enjoying them.
0: Yeah. I think that's a lovely quote and a great mentality. Uh Nice duality here 83 what's the best shirt that you own ah yes <laughs> a classic follow-up uh, i don't know
1: i guess i i just like like big cozy hoodies mm. i'm wearing one right now i don't know that i have Like i don't know this is one of my favorites i guess i'm wearing i'm wearing a hoodie that's got sort of a like a sherpa lining in it or something and um looks pretty darn
0: comfy if you ask me
1: (laughs) i don't know i guess like i have i have shirts that have designs on them and stuff but i I always sort of value you know i i live in cold minnesota i value something that's like cozy and warm over something that's like fashionable yeah again nothing against nothing against people who prioritize who are like into
0: fashion that's great not not my thing yeah, especially after the blizzard of ninety-one. You gotta <laughs> prioritize, you know. Uh question eighty-four. Would you change your middle name? No. Hmm. What is your middle name if you don't mind me asking? It sounds like a social engineering question to me. Maybe. This is <laughs>
1: <laughs> do you want my social security number next? It sounds like the like the like uh one of those spam tests
0: that you get sent. <laughs> That's exactly it. Yeah. Also I will work. next question. Uh what are the last three security code numbers on the back of your credit card? Oh yeah, that's a good one too. Yeah, let me look. Fair. Fair. Uh 85. What's a good impression you can do?
1: Hmm. I don't think it's good. I can't do any good impressions. Okay. I can do the the one. Ugh, I'm sorry. Though, so like the voice that I sometimes do. do you, did you? Are you familiar with the website Homestar Runner? Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. There's a character on Homestar Runner that's a creepy old guy named Senor Cardgage, who is basically just like the creepy old version of Strong Bad. At some point, he okay. has a very he has a very gross, stilted way of talking, that. I, I guess I won't say I do this specifically to imitate him, but it just sort of became a voice that I sometimes did and then had to stop doing because my wife was like, oh, why do you do that? That's so gross. <laughs> uh, so he he's he sounds a little something like, uh, hey there, Belindas. It's me, sonar card gauge. For sonar card gauge, mart gauge percent signs escrow i don't know perfect <laughs> there that's that's an or card gauge for you or my dumb version of him that has been transformed over the years
0: i think it's perfect the whole card gauge family would be very proud <laughs> uh 86 is there a tattoo you wanted to get but are glad you didn't get
1: no no, if anything, I don't have. I'm. I don't have any
0: tattoos. I kind of wish I'd gotten some at some point, maybe. Oh, okay. Same with that regret question from before. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Uh, Eighty-seven. How would you describe your sixteen-year-old self? Ooh. I
1: I would describe me unkindly, <laughs> uh, but I think. But eh, I don't know. You should try to be. You should try to be kind to yourself. Um, I would say that my 16-year-old self had room for improvement.
0: That's, that comes from, I'm going to say, a lot of years of editing people's words. <laughs> that is a very good way of putting it. Very nice. Uh, 88, what's the worst injury you've ever had?
1: I got hit in the mouth with a baseball when I was a kid. Oh boy that like split my lip open uh I swallowed some teeth that's cool uh I have <laughs> Helmets
0: one of its swallowed teeth if you heard it here <laughs> first kids I uh uh
1: my, like my one of my two front teeth here is actually is a, a crown is a fake one oh, and has oh. been since I was like 7 years old because I have it didn't actually knock out my whole tooth it knocked out just like most of it so i have this weird kind of fragment of a tooth that the that my tooth is my front tooth is stuck to yeah which i know what it looks like because my fake tooth fell out when i was student teaching like on my lunch break one day and i had to just like i had to like bail on on the rest of that day of teaching (laughs) and i think my teacher thought i was faking it just to get out of it because like i said i was not having a great student teaching experience but uh I just kept looking at myself in the mirror and cracking up because I just looked like a cartoon hillbilly with this one tiny little crooked jagged tooth. Uh,
0: anyway, yeah, it was, good. wow. That sounds pretty brutal in all, in all <laughs>
1: facets. Yeah. I mean, it happened fortunately when I was young enough that I don't like, I don't really remember the trauma of it. Right? Mm. Like I remember sitting in the, you know, oral surgeon's office with a big ice pack in my mouth, but, that's,
0: that's about it. So, uh, 89. What's a habit of yours you want to break? Oh, that's an easy one for me too. I've thought about
1: this a lot. Uh, I have a habit of doing vocalized pauses, specifically the word like mm.
2: that I am
1: aware of. So you <laughs> don't need to comment on any videos that I'm in. I know it's there. Uh, it's a hard thing for me to tackle. Because it's it's like I had I had a really bad stutter when I was a kid in grade school. And I think that this is just sort of one of the ways that my brain came up with to keep the flow of a sentence while still uh, while still talking right without without getting tripped up over stuff. But where that gets complicated is if I think too hard about not saying like, then I also cannot maintain my concentration and actually make the point that I'm saying. Yep. So there was there was a time when I would try really hard when I was on like on the podcast for Game Informer, for instance. I would try really hard to not say that. And it just got to be distracting and I got very self-conscious about it. So now it's just I'm just like, nope, I'm just gonna say what I wanna say however I wanna say it and yeah. you can turn me off if you don't want to hear it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a, a, a huge one. I think a lot of people have those classic like see (laughs) like and ums are just they're just there they're just a word that's included in my dialogue and i know from a technical standpoint i shouldn't be using them but like i don't care (laughs) (laughs) but i like that yeah
1: this is why this is why i'm a writer it gives me time to delete that like i don't need to put that in there then
0: yep you can look back on it and you know it as a need exactly Uh, question 90 heading to the, the home stretch here. Have you ever lied on your resume? No. I mean, I haven't,
1: I've had this job for 17 years. I'm not exactly like sending out resumes left and right. So, uh, yeah, no, At, at the time that I was really maintaining a resume, I didn't have any, like any experience to really, uh, you know, to lie about. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Hey, I'm a 23-year-old nobody, <laughs> but I'm very accomplished. Yeah, okay.
0: <laughs> Worked for 19 years <laughs> at Microsoft. <laughs> uh, question 91. Have you ever punched someone in the face? No.
1: <laughs> no. T- tomorrow's another day. No. Remember what I said about fighting animals? <laughs> Same
0: rule applies to people. Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, yeah uh 92 would you ever go to a nude beach
1: a nude beach no i don't think i would what's what's the point
0: just you know i don't get
1: it just hanging i guess i don't know because i mean like how much of a hassle is it to just put on your swim trunks
0: it's literally the the smallest effort away from each other you know it's <laughs> it's like a single garment away like if- yeah
1: i don't I, like i guess and hey maybe there's someone out there who loves nude beaches and can educate me on like why this outlook is puritanical or something but like <laughs> it just seems to be like like i don't feel like i'm enough of like an exhibitionist to just want to go out there and be like, yeah, I'm naked. <laughs> but, I'm also, but I'm also not like n- in touch enough naturally to be like, oh yeah, no, it's just like nature is part, like my body is part of nature. And so I don't understand why I'd want to be naked in front of a bunch of other people. And I feel like the only reason to want to be in front of a bunch of naked people at a nude beach is like for pervy reasons that I would also feel uncomfortable with. So
0: no. Solid no. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, 93, somehow not the realest question. When was the last time you <laughs> cried? <laughs> oh, boy.
1: Hmm. I'm not trying to be all like tough guy here, but it's just not like that's not it's not usually I, I just don't cry often. Um. You know, I think, oh, well, I think the most recent example would probably, okay, so I watched, I watched Hamilton for the first time this summer.
2: Mm.
1: And uh, we watched it on the 4th of July. And there's a song in the later part of Hamilton called Quiet Uptown. It's Quiet Uptown that, uh, is a very sad song and that made me tear up
0: okay yeah
1: so the last time i cried was what
0: about half a year ago a pretty good record yeah. <laughs> you have one of those like workplace safety signs that say days <laughs> since cry.
1: six months with without a tear yeah <laughs> I mean, or maybe maybe it's been sooner than that too. I just can't remember. I can't remember specifically. I don't. Yeah. Of course. I, I don't keep a. I don't keep a cry diary. I don't keep a criery.
0: Cry. Yeah. <laughs> Sponsored by John Cryer of Two and a Half Men fame, the Criery. <laughs> See, this is why Spotify needs to sponsor this show. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, I,
1: what, what if John Cryer has a competing music service? Then then you've got problems. Spot a cry. <laughs> um, <laughs> Just various people sobbing in different ways.
0: Oh, no. I'd have to pay for that? <laughs> Plus commercials. Oh. <laughs> uh, question 94. What's something you've done and will probably never do again?
1: Hmm. you know you know how at water parks they have those they have the normal like blue twisty slides Mm -hmm. but then they also have just the white straight straight drop slides yep when i was younger slides yeah when i was younger i did one of the white drop slides the devil's drop slides or whatever and that thing just gave me like absolutely a critical wedgie. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I had my legs crossed wrong. I mean, you're supposed to go down in a certain way that, 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 that like deflects the water or something. Yeah, I but I don't know. Whatever it was, I did it totally wrong and just stood up with <laughs> basically 90% of the fabric of my swim trunks just in my butt. So yeah, I would not do that again
0: yeah I, I i've done my fair handful of those and it, it's always down to like especially when i was younger and it's like i'm not gonna try to slow myself down <laughs> and inevitably a half a second oh. into the slide i go no 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 no, <laughs> <laughs> try to uh brace myself against the walls and yeah, it never quite works out how yeah. I planned. yeah uh 95 best compliment you've ever received
1: Uh, i i think when delivered earnestly the best compliment is probably i'm proud of you Hmm. i like that one
0: That's that's a fantastic one uh 96 tell me a joke This is what I meant with some of these are just not questions. That's yeah, let's get the
1: judge, let's get the judges in on that one.
0: I've shooed them out of the room by now. They <laughs> ah, shouldn't have been there. <laughs> I see. I see.
1: Okay. Here's 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 one that I my dad told me when I was a kid that I absolutely loved. Okay, so you know how uh bird poop in bird poop, there's that that white stuff. Do mm-hmm. you know what that is?
0: No, what?
1: That's bird poop too.
0: very good very good
1: that when i was a kid that was the funniest <laughs> joke i knew
0: yeah still ranks let me tell you uh 97 97 used to be a question i came up with uh that just uh, was not all that good so oh sad uh, what was it it was uh it was tell me a lie which uh... i thought was intriguing but it always ended up being uh, people being uh just like oh i haven't been to paris yeah yeah. (laughs) you know so we threw that one out but replaced it with the listener question of the week oh Uh, okay if any of the fine folks in the world have a question uh to send in here it's 99 and of course joe that's the number 99 questions pod at gmail.com or 99 questions pod on twitter uh and this week for mr joe juba uh, I think I'm actually going to make this a little bit of a, a quick lightning round, because there's actually several I would like to use here that oh are specifically catered to you.
1: I think we've already found I'm not very good at short answers to questions.
0: <laughs> well, let's see. Uh, this one from uh, Chris Fader. If Columbo eating a clamdy cane was an esper from Final Fantasy VI, which would he be and why? Oh, boy.
1: I feel like he'd be Bismarck, the big whale.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah. That probably...
1: And why? Because, well, you've got the sea connection there. hmm But, um, you know, I feel like whales are also well-known for solving murders.
0: <laughs> Is that what Free Willy was about? I don't know if I ever saw it, but... As
1: I recall, yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: Okay. That, yeah, like that little... That little boy is helping him jump the reef so he can go catch the killer. <laughs> the killer whale. Hey!
0: There you go! Bring it home. Uh, Interada just asks, how cool is that final boss fight in Final Fantasy 6? Oh, so cool! So, as you go up and you see more of Kefka, like it's the single sprite,
1: oh yeah and well and like just like and as the music's kicking in and like and also at this point you'd only you'd only like you see his sprite his like weird little jester sprite and all that stuff but you don't really see you you haven't in that second half of the game haven't seen a different representation of him yet so then suddenly in that final thing he just comes in as just this like this avenging angel with, like, oh god, the background too, just all the sunbeams coming through the clouds and stuff,
0: that is so good. Which I'm still kind of convinced they took the Sephiroth One-Wing Angel from that, like, someone really liked that and just kind of like you know, not wholesale took it, obviously but, like, that was the inspiration uh, or, or something was the inspiration for both of them, you know what I mean? It, it's kind of tough to, to yeah. exactly convey because production, obviously, of those games are a little cloudy but
1: and also, in terms of final bosses, Kefka has some of my favorite uh final moves because you've got like people always talk about Sephiroth's supernova, but not enough people talk about Kefka's goner, which is look, look that because like it's weird because it's actually not even his strongest thing, but he has like he has this weird thing where he like summons this, this weird disembodied head into the palm of his hand. And then, like one turn later, he'll use Goner, which is one of the more uh, one of the more like elaborate spell animations in the whole game. It's very cool. And then he also has Fallen One, which just bring, brings all of your hit points, your whole party down to one hit point, which is just can be super brutal.
0: Yeah. Uh, let's see, Flaming Queso. Has anyone called you GI Joe before? If not, that's a major missed opportunity.
1: Uh, yep, yeah, they did. In fact, when I started at Game Informer, we had that. There was a time when we had handles, right? So, like
0: uh, the gaming ombre. Yeah,
1: Andy <laughs> was the game ombre, and Reiner was the raging gamer, and we all had to have our like our handles like that, right? Yeah. When we were doing that, my handle in the magazine was the real American gamer. Because G.I. Joe is the real American hero.
0: How did I never put that together? Yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, yes, on my first day at the office, I was called G.I. Joe.
0: Yes. Uh, Dan Mata, I don't know if this is a reference to something, but how many metal cubes in your soup is too many?
1: Oh, yeah. That's a, God, that's a reference to our Sonic 06 Super Replay, I, where. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was. Uh, I don't know. I just thought you talk about making capital A art. This is maybe art where you serve someone a bowl of soup, like some kind of chowder or something. That's just normal soup, except it has, yeah, let's say one inch by one inch metal cubes in it. And you're not trying to trick anyone. Like you're, you're not hiding them. You're not like, you're, you're not trying to bamboozle someone into like choking on a cube. Yeah but you just serve it to them nonchalantly as though it's normal and see how they react as they eat. Like, do they pick them out? Do they eat around them? Do they even bring it up? Are they scared to bring it up? Do they act like it's normal? Anyway, I say, I'd say three, three metal cubes is probably ideal for soup. Any more than three. And it's, you're, you're just, uh, you're just, letting it run away with you. It's more cube than soup at
0: that point. Yeah, exactly, exactly. How are you supposed to get your spoon in there? <laughs> uh, great question from Michael. I'm sorry for mispronouncing your name. Makajek. I'm probably butchering that. I apologize. Uh, would you rather eat an entire box of claim decanes or play another one-on-one basketball against Dan Riker?
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would easily play one-on-one basketball with Dan Riker. Those clam decains, like I cannot emphasize and I mean, for fun, you should order them. Just they can't be that expensive. Don't take my word for it. They are just awful. So
0: awful. I I've genuinely thought about like obviously when the world opens up doing like a a barbecue type thing and inviting everyone over and having that be some sort of punishment. And and then we will never hang out ever again.
1: (laughs) I mean, yeah, it it has to be like claim decains have to be the consequence for something, right? Like something goes wrong. Someone loses something. You eat
0: a claim cane. Yeah.
1: No one should, should do that (laughs) under normal
0: circumstances. (laughs) Yeah. All right, Last last of these lightning round questions uh, because I think this is a a genuinely fascinating one from Trent Foreman. How would Super Metroid be received if it was a new game released today? Just assume that somehow we still got games like Shovel Knight, so the genre kept advancing, but in that scenario, how would it be received if it was just released today? Oh, man. I think about this kind of thing a lot. Because it's so tough to just be like,
1: nostalgia removed (laughs) yeah but there's also just like um ah, it's so tricky to talk about because there's stuff like you ultimately i feel like you you don't want to remove something from its context right like 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 i think i think that that's I mean, it's an interesting thought experiment, and I I, I do think that if Metro, Super Metroid were to come out today, but still had somehow all the games that it inspired still exist, like I still think that that is a a very well like it's a like I think that's a nearly perfect game. But it, there's no denying that, like yeah, you if you've seen some of those ideas before they're not going to hit you the same way as they did the first time yeah but at the same time you like uh you 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 just can't you can't remove that element from the game like it did come out when it came out yeah and i don't know how much merit there is to trying to like, like in a broader sense and not to get into the whole like art discussion again too, but like art doesn't necessarily exist like as self-contained, like uh, uh, unconnected things, right? Like they, and whether you're talking about games or writing or painting or whatever, like it's sort of inextricably a product of the world around it. So you know like if if the if someone painted the Mona Lisa today would it get hung up in the Louvre if the Mona Lisa had never existed before? Uh, Probably not. <laughs> I don't know. I mean or maybe I don't think so. I don't like it. Yeah. But but I guess like to me it's more and this is again, maybe more an elaborate cop out to the question. Like, I think it's more interesting to look at those connections and look at those ripples rather than trying to clear them away. You know, yeah. like, I, I don't think that helps you see the work
0: more clearly. I love that answer. That's excellent. Yeah. And also, thank you to all the uh, wonderful people that wrote in. Uh, we, we got a lot of great questions there and I felt bad just choosing one so I, I absolutely <laughs> copped out and just uh did them all well mostly all of them uh, James Smith always asks what's their deal man and I refuse to ask it to anyone <laughs> every I'm not, week I'm not going to answer it every week Smithy <laughs> uh, 98 what made you want to be who you are today hmm a little bit heady for these last
1: couple. Yeah, I feel like I'm feel like we we had a good we had a good breezy podcast going and then, and and now I'm now I'm bringing it down.
0: Yeah, 98 99 or like, a 1 2 punch there.
1: Cuz I don't I feel like I feel like this is a there's there's another problem with this question. Okay? <laughs> In that it or maybe I'm just interpreting it wrong but the 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 way the way i hear it sort of presupposes that someone's life actually is a sort of narrative arc right that has Ooh. that there is an inciting event and at the end of the story we become who we are and when really it's like in any moment of your life you always are who you are and there's not necessarily that like inciting you're not making one choice or there's not one defining moment that does that there are there are hundreds or thousands of them along the way right so like the like again elaborate cop out here partially because i maybe i just maybe some people have these those inciting events in their lives and i just don't but i feel like you know like i get like I get to where I am today as a result of a lot of different choices, a lot of different successes and a lot of different failures. Yeah. And no one of them necessarily like, uh, you know, rises above the other or, or even like granted me the foresight to decide that I want to be better or different, you know?
0: I I think that's a totally fair, hundred percent way to answer that question. This is true. It's it's the I mean, I wish everyone's life were as simple and clean as like a I was gonna say John Wick, but so that's a kind of tragic story for that guy. <laughs> but you know what I mean, like <laughs> the one inciting incident that sets him on a chain. But like, yeah, I, I think you're right. It's it's a it's a sum of all parts.
1: And and for and for some people, I'm sure that there is I mean, like there is a moment where well and I guess if you're talking like specifically professionally too, you could say like, well I remember when I was reading the final fantasy six strategy guide and I was like, Oh man, I love this game. I love all the detail that goes on here. I would like, I would love to do this like professionally reading strategy guides had a, played a huge role in me wanting to like write about games, yeah. but that's like one facet that's, and that's professionally and it's like who I am today like, I, I hope that people see, see themselves as more than just the job they have. Right. So it's a very complicated question. And I'm giving a very long winded
0: answer to it. More than allowed and more than fair. I would ask the judges about it, but I think they stole my TV actually. And they left. <laughs> the more of looking over there. Uh, but we've reached the top of the mountain here. Question 99 What do you want to be remembered for?
1: Hmm. I'm gonna to have to be difficult on this one, also. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and like, like, and I'm not, I'm not trying to be like glib about this, but like, like in in 100% seriousness, like one of the great comforts in my life is that I will not be remembered. <laughs> <Interesting>. <laughs> and like, and like, I mean in a sm- in a smaller sense like most people i want to be remembered as like good and kind by the people that i'm close to right so it's like yeah. that uh, you you want to be good to the people around you but like also it if you go beyond that in terms of like a farther reaching uh legacy that you're leaving beyond just the immediate people that you've you know, interact with on a daily basis.
2: Yeah,
1: like I think it's really <laughs> like freeing and encouraging in a lot of ways to know that like eventually time will just absolutely erase me. Right, like, like in yeah. a, in a hundred years, like if you if you go ahead a hundred years after I'm gone, I'm I'm just like a name in some public records. Or like, like a byline on some internet articles, if the internet even still exists.
0: Yeah, true. Uh,
1: and like, if only, only the people, only like the most exceptional human beings get get more than that. And like, I, I guess I can see for for a lot of people that seems like maybe that's a scary prospect. This idea of like being forgotten but like honestly for me it <laughs> like it it kind of takes a lot of kind of takes a lot of pressure off
0: oh okay i've never thought of it that way but yeah i kind of see where you're coming from uh so long answer
1: time will erase everything short answer i want to be remembered as good and kind
0: i think i like both of those a lot <laughs> Uh, (laughs) and uh just like the sands of time (laughs) will wash over (laughs) us all jojuba
1: there's a good it's a good way to end that huh just getting getting real real downer on it
0: that's why they left at the art (laughs) (laughs) question so they never even (laughs) had to get to that one uh but i i wish i could ask you more but we're all out i'm fresh out of questions i wish i could these are the only ones i know I swear,
1: <laughs> that's all right. I think I think we did good work on him.
0: I, I think we did too. And you know what? This is cause for a celebration and a, a visual bit that I planned like several hours ago. Today, there are fireworks for Joseph. Oh <laughs> wow! That's just been sitting there. Those fireworks. I put a ten-hour YouTube video on my iPad of fireworks going off, and I placed it just out of range. <laughs> Oh, well, we thank you,
1: Bob. I love fireworks.
0: Get some... so that'll pick up on the mic really well.
1: <laughs> yes, well, tr- audio listeners trust that there are fireworks going off. They are beautiful.
0: Oh, uh, well, that I wanted to, to send you off on a, a nice note here. And Joe, truly thank you for being on. This was tremendously fun. Oh,
1: thank you so much for having me. It's like a like a fireworks finale in my heart here.
0: Oh, see, that's all <laughs> I've ever wanted. Uh, but is there anything you would like to promote or plug or put more eyes onto or just uh, uh, sing into the, the ears of all of the wonderful listeners that we have here? The floor oh. is yours, sir.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like like I've brought up a few times, I I work at Game Informer. So GameInformer.com is our, is our website. We have a bunch of different features by talented writers going up on a daily basis. Plus there's excellent gaming videos and we have a weekly podcast and, Oh, and weekly video show called replay where we just play, play uh, old games too. Just lots of fun video game stuff going on there. And you can find me on, uh, find me on Twitter. If you want to ask me more questions, it's at JoJuba.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, light off your fireworks for Mr. Joe Juba. How great was he? And I wish I could talk to him more. I wish we could break down more Final Fantasy. But the red light is on its last call. We just got to figure out what we learned here today. We learned about Joe's aspirations of opening up a terrible Etsy store. First thing on the uh, agenda for there, I would say, is a John Crier sponsored diary for every time that you've cried... Joe, you can have that one for free. We learned about, or uncovered more so, my strict anti-golf agenda on this show. That's right, 25 episodes deep, and it's been hidden in every show. Hashtag golf is a skilled hobby. We learned about the PB to C ratio in novelty-shaped Reese's. We learned about an oddly enticing Sinbad movie that I kind of want to go watch now. Oh, and one more thing. We learned about the magic of Columbo's Day, a holiday that really should be on more people's calendars. So be where you are for the next two weeks till our next episode. Thank you and good night.